Welcome to Album Divers. This is a podcast created by two music lovers who still remember listening to albums from start to finish the way the artists intended. We give history, track-by-track analysis, and delve into the music lyrics of some of the best albums of the past and today. Thanks for joining us. Let's dive in. Welcome to Album Divers. I'm Trevor. And I'm Shane. On this podcast, we take turns choosing albums to discuss and review. We alternate between an album that was released this calendar year and one that's been around a while. But we won't be doing it alone on this episode. We are excited to announce that we have two of the members of the band joining us for our deep dive of their new album. All right, guys, it's really an honor and a privilege to have you here with us. Why don't you introduce yourselves and tell the listeners what album we'll be discussing today? I'm Justin Tominga, vocalist, guitarist, lyricist of Assertion. And I'm William Goldsmith, drummer and rust repairer of Assertion. <laughs> yeah, and our record is called Intermission. Thank you so much, both of you, for being a part of the show and being willing to come on. We're really excited to have you. And congratulations on the release of your album just a couple days ago. How does it feel? It feels good. It's interesting. Uh, It's kind of weird because the rhythm of everything's been thrown off because of the lockdown. So normally if you put out a record and then you go on tour and you play shows, but since that part has been sort of like removed from the equation, we've just kept recording. And so the first record is out and we're like our heads are in the second record right now we've been we've been kind of done with it for a while i spent all summer mixing it basically yeah and losing my mind and being in ocd world (laughs) and so it was kind of nice to be done with it and then it took a while to get it printed the artwork done um spartan did their thing did a really good job of taking what we had and like making it super detailed and that was like a couple questions like what do you guys think of this and we're like whoa that's perfect yeah, yeah like there wasn't a lot of going back and forth so it actually went faster than i think it would have normally gone but for me it's i feel like we've been done with it for so long that and we're so far into the second record like yeah <laughs> what like we're like probably hey, i'm gonna say 80 percent done yeah we have we have a board right here and we're all the drums are done bass is done I have to redo some guitar and then vocals and it's and almost all the vocals are done. A lot of the vocals are done, though. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Wow, that's exciting. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. I've been wow. seeing a lot, of, a lot of bands have been putting out a lot of music or at a, a f- more frequent pace than usual. I didn't think about that, but it's probably because they're not out on tour. Yeah. Not doing concerts and really not doing a whole lot of anything because of the lockdown. So just a lot of time to spend in the studio and, and produce a lot of music. Yeah. yeah. If, if, if you're able to record for free or you have someone that's willing to keep paying for it without, you know what I mean? So in, in our situation, you know, it's like yeah, we're, just, sure. we're just doing it, everything ourselves here. So yeah, we yeah. enjoy doing it. So yeah, it's, it's actually impressive. really fun. And COVID should bring out the artists who are stuck in their house, you should hear a little bit more feeling in their records. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. going to be some interesting yeah, things that come yeah, out of well, it. Yeah. We're really excited to discuss it, and it's 
even more exciting to hear that you that you're 80 percent done with with your next album i remember last year when when trevor and i got to interview william and greg yeah yeah i was kind of saying about the same thing about intermission at that point i guess well you guys did that podcast then yeah 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 wow yeah and so we, we talked a little bit about the assertion project and William sent us a couple tracks yeah. and and right away I was like man this is good stuff got me interested got me to become a fan right away and, I sent you set, and I was, was set fire really looking forward to it set fire set fire and supervised suffering yeah, are the first right. two we heard oh yeah. that was that yeah, long yeah. ago huh yeah, yeah. that's crazy yeah. yeah 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 so yeah we've been we've been looking forward to this for a long time cool. yeah thank you so much hey thank you oh, thanks for having us yeah and and congratulations on fatherhood Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's it's been busy, but it's it's you guys know it, it's mm -hmm, worth it for mm -hmm. sure. So oh yeah, yeah. yeah. busy but yeah. worth it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd love to talk to both of you a little bit about the coming together of this band. You know, William, when we had you on, you talked a little bit about how Assertion came to be. But if you don't mind, just starting from the beginning again of, of your time away from music and what drew you back in when you met Justin and that's good. We're doing it because I've changed the narrative since then. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's a joke. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I spent, I guess about nine years not playing or even really listening to music actually. And it was coming into contact with Justin that got my interest because he was teaching drums to children and also children with autism. That got my interest because I have a now six-year-old son who has autism. So, you know, so I was very interested in that. And then I uh, came across the band Pig Snout that he has with Lucian and Dahlia Tominga, his two children. It kind of rattled me. It made me realize that it was detrimental uh, for me to not be sharing that part of myself with my children. You know, to see someone doing that in such an, an amazing way, it really it kind of woke me up and made me want to play again. So... So then my bright idea was to see if I could just join pigs now. <laughs> and so, so I was like, Hey, shut down. What if I, yeah. And I got shut down. I got fired before I was even able to join, but uh, that's because Dahlia pointed out the fact that it's a family band, which is true. And so I'm, I wasn't a family member yet. <laughs> she was like, she was like 10, 10 or 10 or 11. She was like, nah, it's a family band. Yeah, but she didn't care about credentials, none of it. Yeah, no, 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 no. I don't care if you're a good. Drummer, What's his last name? What's your, who cares? <laughs> yeah. You're out. But I was fortunate enough to, she was kind enough to let me come over and just sit in with them a little bit. <laughs> and that was my first time sitting down and playing in like nine years. That was really cool. Then Justin started coming over here and bringing his amp, and we set up in my living room the first time, and we were like, oh, it's a pretty cool little boomy, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, we moved up here and then we just started doing I had to bring a half frequently. stack. I, I made the mistake of bringing a combo amp yeah. to play with okay. a cam, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mr. Yeah. Lipfoot. And so <laughs> I was like, I'm bringing, I, I brought the beast that's behind us now. You can see it. Yeah. But yeah, it, then we started playing up here. William, how did you hear about what Justin was doing with the drum teaching? We met just through Facebook. Yeah, his kid's mom, when you go on Facebook, you know how it's like always like throwing people in your face. Mm -hmm. Like you might yeah. know this person, you know this person, you need to be friends with this person. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Chanry and I had a million friends, one of them being Jeremy. We had a bunch of friends in common. Mm -hmm. But the first time I remember having any sort of communication. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. Was uh, I was actually practicing 
uh, I was in a band called Hands of Toil at the time. Um, Alan Van Rosendale and Austin Iverson, my friends, that Hands of Toil band, we were taking a break or something, and we hadn't played together in a long time. And um, Chanry, and like, Chanry yeah. was watching you guys practicing or, or something. Yeah, yeah. And she goes, oh, hey, look. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I was like, and I don't remember what I said. Yeah, so I'm like looking at it, and I got this comment from this person named Chanry, and it's like, William Goldsmith says this is really good. And I kind of looked at them, and I was like, isn't William Goldsmith the drummer from Sunny Day? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, oh, this is stupid. Like somebody's like messing with us and threw it down. <laughs> and then it uh, turns out it was him. Yeah. And then I remember there was one night where I called you out of the blue and was like, hey, do you want some Indian food? And I just brought Indian food to his yeah, house. Yeah. And we'd never met. And we'd I was, I remember met. I was driving on the Narrows Bridge and I was driving home and I get a call and, and he's like, um, you hungry? Yeah. We'll, we'll come by. <laughs> I was like, uh, okay. Yeah. And actually, that's when I first saw pig snout when we went over to his place to bring him indian food randomly out of the blue okay he was showing he was playing his pig snout and showing us the pig snout videos and i was like <sighs> and it like hit me like it was just like a slap in the face cool full circle thing here though is that i'm a drummer first i love drums like i played guitar the longest but i love playing drums but well, i'm not doing that anywhere around him <laughs> but i learned <laughs> i learned how to play drums from listening to diary that's what i thought i had heard yeah, yeah. that's cool and then so when i was i was talking to my dad and i was like so the drummer of the band I grew up listening to and why I play drums wants me to teach his son how to play drums. And I was just like, <laughs> that's amazing. Like, this is bizarre. And, and yeah. make a few records. Really cool. yeah. Make a few records with me. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that's great. So you connect and then you try to join Pig Snout. That's over before you can get your foot <laughs> in the door. So you guys start playing together. Yeah. And actually, sorry, we did miss one part. I went and saw, I went and saw Blind Guides play. We were called Old Foles at the time. Yeah. Um, my friend Josh Kilpatrick was the drummer, and Brian played bass. Yeah. Um, so went and saw them play and saw Brian, and Brian, and I was like, oh, I was like, I want to play with that bass player. So then when Justin and I started playing, I was like, hey, what's your friend Brian doing? <laughs> <laughs> you around? Think you want to come over here? So yeah, and then that, that's how it started. That's how Brian Gorder joined. We were just like jamming at first and then the songs really started coming together and we're like, hmm, we should do this. Yeah. Yeah. You guys really compliment each other. Well, job well done putting all that together. Thank you. I do remember a little period of time where I think maybe you'd come over to play like once or something, maybe. And then like some time went by and I felt myself slipping back into the my old way of just sort of like ignoring music, whatever. And then I saw you again oh yeah that's right saw you again and justin said when are we gonna jam dude <laughs> and i was like yeah i know you're right yeah we did we had a <laughs> we we've definitely got the chemistry thing that goes on because we could hang up now and start playing and write two songs like, or at least a so, good amount of parts so while i was shaking off the cobwebs from nine years of not playing justin had like a hose <laughs> he was like Shh, <laughs> you mind if i come over and do this a little bit Oh, yeah. yeah that right. sounds like kind of what you needed. And well, I needed to be hosed down. <laughs> you resurrected one of my favorite musicians of all time. So oh. I, I appreciate that for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. And I, I can see how Pig Snout was in, inspiring to you because I listened to some of the videos, some of your live performances. 
Justin, and it's it's really incredible. I don't think I've seen anything like that to have kids up on stage and and jamming with you is really cool. So so for you, William, I'm sure that was just this. Oh yeah eye-opening experience obviously the personal connection uh with your with your son as well but just the fact that it was something something new a breath of fresh air uh in, in music that maybe you hadn't experienced before that kind of got that itch again yeah uh can you can you kind of elaborate on that that whole transitional period of you you know being away from music for so long feeling like hey i i, I can't i can't look away from this i gotta I got to respond to, you know, the calling and, and then what that looked like as you kind of refound your, you know, your, your new passion and new chapter in life. It, it was basically seeing Justin and his kids, you know, and, and him like sharing that part of himself, not only sharing it, but I mean, making song, making music with them, actually writing songs with them, him sharing that part of himself with his children it really hit me, made me realize that, oh my God, what am I doing? They don't even know this part of me exists. Yeah, you want to make sure you're your full self for your kids. I, I can understand yeah. that, especially as a new dad, that, that comes to mind. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's, the best, that's the best thing that I have to give them. That's the most magical thing that I can offer them. And I was like, not doing it. And I was just like, oh yeah. man, what am, I, what am I doing? And I was like, well, I guess I can stop not doing it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I better start. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank God for muscle memory, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Those kind of things. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, granted, it was a little, a little painful. Were you a little rusty? Oh, uh, yeah. You back yeah. Into it? <laughs> yeah. I would say rusty. Yeah. yeah. I'd say rusty. And it was um, crazy because like his rusty is still insane. I can imagine. And so like the, yeah. still really good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so like the first time we played, right. I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And it, when you have that musical chemistry or whatever, it like really pushes you and then then your brain shuts off and it does what it's supposed to do and it's cathartic. And so that happened immediately. But my long-winded point was like we watched him get his chops back and then we're like trying to keep up and like, whoa. And then it just went to what we put out, intermission. Like it's like we're just allowed to have that full like connection and feeling and it's like a floodgates are open. Yeah, and even more so on the, uh, next, the next record actually. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah, I can't wait. Sure. Yeah, you know that that idea of catharsis has has come up a lot. I've seen that associated with with the band ins- assertion on on your website, and even in some reviews, people are saying, you know, that's kind of the the feelings that it evokes for them too. So I had to look up that term just to make sure I was fully understanding. And it yeah, would you mind telling of, me what that means? I don't know. <laughs> okay. <I'm kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> People always say that in relation to me. According to Webster's Dictionary, <laughs> catharsis, <laughs> the process of releasing and, and uh, providing strong relief from a strong or repressed emotion also wrapped up in that is the idea of purification and purging or renewal or restoration. Can you kind of explain how and why, you know, the, the music has evoked those emotions in you guys? and? You know why the project has kind of been associated with that? Oh my God! A lot to unpack, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I have to do music. I come from pretty gross childhood, really abusive in every way, and so I realized like <clears throat> if I didn't do that, I was gonna lose my mind. And it was a way of, um, I mean, I went to therapy and did all that stuff too, but it was therapy without having to go. To therapy. To therapy and have somebody yeah. cross their leg and ask you dumb questions. Yeah. I do both. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to do both. We just, we do it in here. Yeah. We, we, we hash it out and 
<laughs> in between songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, you know, he'll sit on the couch and then I'll stare at him for a while. And then yeah, we switch. Yeah. No, I'm joking. I think Justin and I have some yes things that we didn't even really re realize until later in common, based on just kind of some traumatic events. Not identical, yeah. but similar. Yeah, lots of life events that were challenging and continue to be challenging. Yeah, or memories of complete blackness mm -hmm. that you don't know what happened. <laughs> that kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, have, we yeah. have some of those. So, yeah. Obviously, the the music's got that element of catharsis. William, I listened to another podcast that you had done recently where you were mentioning that you discovered these files that Justin had with yeah. all the lyrics in there, and I can't remember what you said, but you said just like hundreds of yeah items song, on here. song ideas that he's been ha that he's had been sitting on some of them for since what 2012 and 20 yeah these files with like hundreds of songs or song ideas on them and you know he shows them to me i'm just like good. oh i'm like good lord we were we went to go see our friend peter peter's band in bremerton one night just driving and uh i was like i've got a couple ideas from seven ten years ago or something yeah. and and, played he, him. And, and I was so, like, I was like, uh, and so every time he does that, I'm always like, dude, uh, you know, so finally it's been this sort of long, slow process of me sort of like making him realize I was like, dude, you know, there's the songs that we write in the room. And then there's these song ideas that you've been sitting on for like 20 years yeah, that are really good. And if you be open to it, I'd be certainly very much so into bringing those songs to life because they're really good. <laughs> yeah, know. so then they, they've definitely taken a whole new... The people don't know this about him, but he's really good at crafting a song and like not just the drums. When he plays drums, he plays to the bass like most drummers do, but he also plays to the guitar, but then he's also playing to the vocals. And then when we're sitting here going through the song, like he has a better ear than I do about keys because he's like, you're flat right there at 132. I was like, no, I'm not. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I am. Like, <laughs> so... He's he's coming up with melodies. He sings on most of the songs on that record too. No, not most. Maybe, oh, maybe at least half. half. Okay, if not almost all of them. When we get into the track by track, we're gonna have to point out which ones he's on because I'm gonna oh, have yeah. to listen more for them. Oh yeah, there's yeah. there's a lot of them. So like he he's arranging them. So it's helped me like kind of take a step back and look at writing and like the ones that I already had. They're just so personal that they're gonna die with me. Yeah. I mean, we we work really, really well together. I mean, all three of us, but like when Justin and I are having yeah. our little four day things of like going <laughs> at it, you know, you know, I mean, granted, I might get on his nerves every now and again because I'm like, oh, what about you trying to do? Would you try that? Oh, no, no. Try this? Well, we need to redo this drum. Yeah, we need, oh, well, yeah. I'm always wanting to redo everything. But um, we always agree on, you know, when we, you're going to try this thing, you're going to try that thing. And we both, we always both agree on which one is the one that works no matter what the situation. Yeah. It's is. never like, Oh, you, well, I want to try this. No, it's no too bad. It's yeah. already done. It's good. Like Brian will have an idea and then he'll be like, we're, we're all kind of like, I have this idea. Ah, never mind. It's probably not that good. And they're like, no, we're going to try it. Yeah. I mean, so, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's always hmm. better to try every approach and that way you either discover something that you normally wouldn't have, or it just sort of like concretizes the fact that the original way that you had it was the right one. Which you is know? usually yeah. how it works. Or yeah. we just know as soon as we try one or the other, whether or not it's the thing. Yeah. One of the things I love about the origin story for you guys is, I mean, here, one of my favorite drummers of all time is coming back to music. And then it sounds like it kind of goes both ways there where 
Justin, you had some things that you were kind of hiding from the world too, and it took William to oh. get you to, to feel comfortable releasing those. I so really it almost has that. a, a oh, bi-directional yeah. influence there. I just thought that was so cool. That's it, interesting. I never thought about that. Yeah. Oh, I have. Yeah. Because it... it uh... Why didn't you tell me? No, <laughs> because it, it, it really does. It, you're so vulnerable with lyrics. And like when I go home, like I'll, I get so into it that like I'm up till four in the morning, like doing like I'll do a drum beat, then I'll add bass, guitar. And I'm not thinking like this is going to be a song over here. I just am doing it because that's what I love to do. And then I'll do vocals and I might share it with somebody or it'll go on a hard drive and I'll hear it two years later and be like, oh, that's not so bad. I My friend Ben asked me if I wanted to join this group called Friday Night Song Club. You guys should check it out on YouTube every Friday night at Say Audio. And so every... Every week they give you prompts. So like there's at least three prompts. They use a word generator, it puts, everybody puts ideas in. And so you get these prompts and they're nonsense. And you have to write songs out of these prompts. And the week I was over here, well, it had to be in six, eight. Um, it was called, Don't Be Such a Stranger. Yeah. You sent me a little uh, clip of that, William. Oh, oh yeah. Really? Oh, okay, Perfect. yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, that song was like... That was, we had to write those lyrics and and do it in 6-8, and it had to be these different things to work for the song club. So I've been doing that for a few months, and it's every week, so... And that was the first time we did it. Yeah. We worked together on it just for fun. I would just be at home working on them. So I would I would I was busting out these songs, some of them nonsense lyrics and really funny and silly, and then other ones were like whoa, we should, this, this could be a really good song. Yeah. I have those like song club ideas that I really liked. And then I had these songs that were on the hard drive and I had 12, I think that I was like, well, I'm going to put out this solo thing, whatever. And, uh, (laughs) I'll let you go. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm basically like, okay. I'm like, how do I approach telling him that the the songs that are the secret songs that he's going to put on a solo record don't need to be separate from the band unless he wants them to be. Unless I get he in wants the, them to be. I get in a mindset where um, so I teach music and um, one of the things that I do is if I'm teaching a drummer, I play guitar to try to push them to do a certain beat. And if I'm teaching guitar, I'll write like a hammer on pull off thing to teach them how to do that. And so when I'm done with that lesson, I'm like, I really like that idea. And then that's like a song idea for, so it becomes a song. Like my students know how to play like the whole record. basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The original point was the fact that aside from the songs that we get from the, the riffs that you're teaching your students, yeah. um, we also, they became those songs. Yeah. There's that. Well, not the song. Well, so there's the song of the week songs, which, so on the new record, there are, there's one, how many songs are from Song of the Week? Uh, At least three. Three. Three that, four of them. Because yeah. Only Forever is, uh, yeah. So so we first collaborated just on the um, uh, Don't Be Such a Stranger. And I was like, dude, I'm I'm sorry, but this this is an assertion song. You got to give this to the band. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That was it. So when I'm at home and I'm writing something, I get in this mindset where like I have a box over here. And it's assertion. I was like, I can totally see William and Brian like going to town on this. This will be kind of challenging. Let's, I'm going to bring it to them. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, who cares? And then I have this other thing that I'm never going to show anybody ever. Yeah. And it goes Bad in this idea. file over here and it's super personal, super vulnerable. And I don't want anybody and to hear really it. Really amazing. <laughs> and then he's like, 
I'm like, dude. I think this should be a part of the assertion thing, and like broke my whole <laughs> file system, my brain, like. Yeah. And I, I couldn't like, see it. I was like, all. okay, dude. I was like, think of that. Let's see that record. Never mind by Nirvana. I was like, okay, so territorial pissings. That's what did it. Something in the way. Beatles White Album. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, the White Album. I was like, dude, you can crack the earth in half, and then also we like, you know, hold a Mend child, it back. <laughs> you know, at the same time. You know what I mean? You can do the yeah. go way over here and you can go wherever it's like a huge it's a massively wide range and dynamic uh, you know of like just like being a human being is so the music should be a reflection of that so and the songs are so his secret songs or whatever that no one is ever going to hear or see i was like no 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 i was like this is it's like this can't you can't you can't just hide these from me it's awesome the so. world's got to see him yeah, yeah, or hear him, but I think maybe he's, I don't know whether or not he's going to be where you resent me for that. Or not. The only problem that we're having right now is like there's some songs that are um, have certain parts or lines or lyrics that trigger things with Justin and make him kind of not be able to. You know what I mean? I, I it's write, like a PT. He's got PTSD from our own songs. <laughs> I, I've always written. Um, I did this thing with myself uh, where I didn't want to ever be that band live that was feelingless. And so I'm really, really into lyrics. And the lyrics, if they're not moving me, I'm not going to be moved. And it's yeah. not going to have any feeling. We overdid So I it. made the mistake of kind of just putting it all out there. Yeah. And so live... Even if I'm like not really there present going through the motions and muscle memories playing the song, there'll be a line that kicks in and then I'm just like, and then all of us like just hone in and the temperature and the like feeling and like tempo and everything just, it's a crazy feeling once that kicks in and then the rest of the show is good. I don't, we've never had a show that. There's, well, there's one song that we can't play. This dream doesn't, this dream doesn't work. We can't play that song because it just can't. Yeah, that's pretty rough. Yeah, it's just, it's too, it's too hard on Justin. Like, I literally, like, yeah. like, like, psychologically messes with him. So we just kind of like, all right, well. My excuse is that I can't play it live. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. The, the guitar is hard. Yeah, he's like, dude, I don't know, man. He's like, I don't know if I can, I'm not sure if I can get this. I'm like, uh, I don't think that's, that's the issue. Well, as listeners, I mean, I can say we, we really appreciate that you value the lyrics. You're telling your story. You're wearing your heart on your sleeves and not holding anything back, yeah. Justin. And you picked a fantastic drummer in William and somebody who also really feels and uh, tries hard to put the right music, the right sound to the lyrics and, and uh, get across that feeling. So yeah. it pairs well. You guys make a great team. I, and, I agree. Uh, we, we appreciate that. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I'll understand like the effect that his own lyrics or the our own songs or whatever like we'll have on him while we're playing but i'll really like he'll sit down and we'll go through the lyrics and he'll break them down for me so i can really completely understand them and i literally have to sit down for a minute usually i'm usually like oh jesus christ Hmm. (laughs) you know it's really intense i'm excited to jump into those within whatever amount that you're willing to share we'll talk sure. you know, surface level about some of them before we go on to the track by track piece of the podcast though i just wanted to ask you quickly about the title of the album and the album cover i, I think i know a little bit about what it is william knows i'm a, I'm a seattleite but I, I believe there's some ties to oh yeah a famous venue there can you tell us a little bit about that gladly i love mm-hmm. that story um so covid just happened everybody was getting used to everything being shut down and 
my friend Kelly is the, I believe he's the stage manager. He does all the sound at the Paramount. And so they're not open and they have all these microphones laying around and we're in the middle of recording. And he's like, you guys can borrow the mics. Like they'll be cool with it. So we drive up to go get that and he's got to get his stuff because he just lost his job. So we drive up there, it's bittersweet. And he gives me a tour of this magnificent beast of a place. It's so cool in there. Mm -hmm. I've always admired it. So then I get my own personal tour. And so he takes me up, we're above the stage, we go all around um, and it's amazing. But I, I was standing in the middle of the stage looking out, like at this fantastic theater and I looked up and that jail cell looking thing that you see on the front mm -hmm. that's looking up on stage at the paramount mm -hmm. that's the grid of like where the the you know, ropes for the lights and yeah the lights and everything so like those yellow things those are just pads holding like electrical wires and rope and stuff like everybody thinks it's a jail cell or yeah, they only cage yeah, so you're, you're center stage looking straight up yeah mm -hmm. at the paramount the theater in yeah. seattle yeah. then on top yeah. of that i was so impressed with their like everything was doom and gloom and it was super depressing. And I hated going outside because it's like closed. We are closed. Everything's COVID and everything's a reminder, masks, masks, and people are all freaking out. And uh, the, the marquee at, at Paramount said intermission, see you soon or, or something. I can't remember. I, I'll, I'll find a picture and send it to you guys. But basically it said intermission and something hopeful instead of like, we're closed due to the mm -hmm. pandemic. It was like, yeah, we'll like, see you soon. And yeah. I was like, that's so cool and hopeful. And, and then, so I had this picture, we were, we were coming up with artwork or trying to, and that picture, just the lines and the detail. That's the first I've heard about intermission being on the marquee. I no didn't know way. you didn't tell me about that. Totally did. No. Yes. You know only about the picture, but Brian, intermission. You maybe I had the, maybe Brian and I had the conversation yeah. when you were oh, great. That's okay. Taking a oh, I don't mind finding out here. <laughs> That's great. No, that was it. And and uh, so every now and again, when Kelly says they have a show, I'm like, are, so are we playing intermission? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But yeah. Um, I love it. Yeah, he's mm -hmm. he. we still have their mics. So when they open up, we got to give them back. Yeah. Thank you. Hmm. Thank you, Kelly. Yeah. And then also, <laughs> so what I thought, but that's okay. That's fine. I, I Now I there's two meetings. No, <laughs> no, no. What, what the conversation we had was it basically being... The whole lockdown thing being kind of like an intermission sort of like yeah you know temporarily mm, same okay sure i love that i mean that's that's one of my favorite venues i think i was telling william that's the last time i saw sunny day there was in your reunion yeah at paramount yeah yeah and i thought what a fitting title too for in some ways you kind of look back on this intermission that you had william from from music yeah we're all coming back. We're all coming back. Oh yeah, that's true. Serves many meanings. I mean, oh yeah, that's we. Yeah. We also meant that. Oh yeah, we. <laughs> <laughs> you can take that. You can take that. The story changes. Yeah, you, you can have that. You can have. Yeah. You can have that. You can use that. <laughs> well, I, I got a couple more questions too. One for each of you. So first one's uh, for William on your on your website. Um, it mentions that uh, the record builds into a, a dark and heavy crescendo, but unpredictably retreats into delicate and fragile moments in masterful ways. That reminded me of something you told Trevor and I that, that we had discussed with Greg on our uh, interview with you guys last summer about how early on in your career uh, you really wanted to jam out, you know, really get after it on the drums. And Greg had to, had to pull you aside and so, you know, maybe, maybe you should play a little softer. And, and you were like really adamant about like, no, I got to, mm. you know, do my thing. And 
he kind of convinced you to, to play a little softer and and then as you matured you came on to kind of embrace or appreciate that elegance of, of playing the drums with a little more control and precision and whatnot yeah yeah from my perspective it seems like this album intermission it's really allowed you to showcase all of your talents from playing softer when the music needs you to do that to you know letting you reconnect with some of your roots too and really jamming out and and uh you know going hard on a lot of songs too yeah yeah can you can you kind of elaborate on that and like you know compared to some of your other projects you've done in the past like how how this musical experience has allowed you to you know kind of tap into all those different elements of of who you are as a drummer i suppose i mean Aside from maybe Greg pulling me aside, I was also going through a process of I'd been listening to Britt Walford from Slint a lot and really was uh, blown away by his approach, you know, and the dynamics and the subtlety within that, you know? So good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and uh, I would never compare myself to Britt this like, Britt's like, you know, up here. But, uh, but, you know, I was definitely influenced and inspired by his approach. Yeah, so, you know, trying to, yeah, learn how to sort of, like, you know, not have everything be, you know, turned all the way up to whatever, 11 or in the red constantly, <laughs> you know, or whatever. God, did I just do a spinal tap? Record? You did. Fuck. Sorry. <laughs> you can edit out that word. Um, edit out the uh, turn it up to 11 part two. Huh? <laughs> no, anyway, not everything had to be, yeah, completely, you know, over the top. So, um Actually, I think that's what I really also like about some of Justin's secret songs is it also gives me a chance to try to like move, like explore that realm, you know, a little bit more. And it also is a, an opportunity to also do some more interesting and experimental recording as well and approach recording the drums differently, like things we've never done before, such as tracking the drums without the cymbals and then overdubbing the cymbals afterwards with just like a metal brush that we made from <laughs> snare wires and duct tape, you know? Hmm. Yeah. So like, and then having totally like isolated doubled up toms. And I yeah. mean, if we could have like concert toms and marimbas in here, we would. I'm working on that to concert toms anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've always, you know, came from a sort of more bombastic background and have been trying very hard to sort of like, gravitate towards you know a stronger ability to have a subtle approach with more dynamic yeah this band was definitely like pretty on on the more bombastic side um for the most part by no 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 one's fault but my own really (laughs) and so but i mean you know but yeah so then justin's songs that i that i didn't even know existed of which there are hundreds I would say there there's a lot of there's a lot of songs where some of some of the subtle playing comes through as well and I think it really complements and shows your array of talents. So I really appreciated that. I, I like to write like that. I like to I like the roller coaster mm-hmm. and so we do that. It it gets really heavy and then goes down into like a really soft, warm yeah part and Well what's cool is like I said with Justin's secret songs again is there's there's some songs where literally it stays down here. It doesn't go anywhere else. It stays here. Mm. It kind of maybe opens up a little here, but I mean, it's very, very subdued yeah, and deliberate. Weird. And I think it's, and it's really cool. So, and yeah, so yeah, we've just been working towards, you know, evolving the band to be able to like have the dynamic range of being able to just be down here and stay there. And then also be way up here, you know, so. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. I really like. We'll get into that with some of the songs, but I really like those tempo changes. How it can be kind of intense in your face, and then and then uh, abruptly break it down and mellow it out, and just kind of take the listener up and down through that whole experience. So um, I, I really really value that component of the music. Last question uh, I have uh, is for for Justin. And you touched on this earlier, I think, when you mentioned how some things came together when you guys were jamming and just writing music and playing. And you kind of had to step back and be like, okay, what what was that? You know, what did we put together and try to figure it out um, on the fly? There's there's a quote on your website uh, from you that says we we wanted other humans to feel this album, so we stayed away from using a, a click track for most of the songs. I like the ebb and flow of uh, natural rhythm. I'm not a robot, and I don't want I don't want to listen to or record copy and paste music. Music is an art and expression. I love the human aspect in music, even mistakes. And I was just wondering, can you expand on how how mistakes, quote unquote, mistakes in music, and maybe perhaps life as well, with some of the messages that come through in the songs, are are not really mistakes that that somehow they're you know they're, they're actually kind of desirable and maybe a, a beneficial part of, of that whole experience of, of bringing something together or like happy accidents like bob ross yeah right yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the yeah, same sure. exact it's the same exact thing uh you're oh you're drawing or painting and you make a mistake and it turns into something incredible we do it constantly we did it last week when we were writing something and we messed up and a stop was created and we're like, whoa, that's actually, let's go back and do that on purpose. Cause that's amazing. That happens all the time when we're just playing or writing something. Ironically though, now we do everything to a click. I think honestly that people are subconsciously excited about this record because of that too, because ev I mean, almost, I don't know the percentage. I can't listen to the radio because everything, all the drums sound like they've gone through I mean, they're using a, it's either so compressed, there's like the loudness wars where everything is so, has to match volume. So the dynamic of the music is gone. When it gets quiet, it's still like compressed out and there's no, like the feeling is like literally compressed out of the music. And so I have this weird stubborn thing that I don't want to do anything like anybody else does. But I've made him realize that we can use a click and still have the human element actually. Right. He's really good at a click, like really good. There's so many takes on the record that have been first takes where we're not even playing. Like he plays the song like all the way through without us even plugged in. We're just sitting there like watching him. And then that's the take. And we've used it like, I mean, we'll, we'll do punch and stuff, but I mean, we used, we used click obviously, but like on some of the tracks we did not. And for the first record we used to click on probably four, five, somewhere near half the record we used to click, but Mm -hmm. we really wanted it to have that you're in a room playing with somebody instead of it's so just overproduced. And I mean, I overproduced is a silly concept to me anyways, because like, if you can make it sound way up here and way good, why wouldn't you like, there's this like quote unquote punk rock like farce of like you have a really good sounding record then you're not punk rock you're like selling out or whatever it is like it's uh i mean i enjoy making it sound as huge as possible that was my whole goal (laughs) yeah my whole goal of this project of ours was making that drum set sound as punishing as it does on a record which is crazy hard like we had to do so much like moving around room mics and 
yeah. get different microphones and experimenting. And we finally have like the spot and it's this room has its own weird, like warmth yeah. of like hmm. weird woody hollowness to it or yeah. something. Everything we learned from doing intermission was good because we got to take, especially like he, he, he went through a lot as far as like, you know, like trying to get over some obstacles, you know, during the production process. But it was not fun mixing that record. Cause when we had, when we had to fix something, we didn't, we did not do it to a click. So there's a reason they do that. Not, like well, a, some of it. We're, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of producers that, you know, that you, you don't want to have to try to fix something that's not to a click. It's almost impossible, especially a drum beat. We made it harder by not doing it that way in retrospect, but, Just but it still has the, the feeling we wanted to capture. But now we're able to do it with a click and still like capture it and be able to copy paste if we want to, which I just don't do. Can't but do it. Yeah, we can't. We don't bring ourselves to do that. But but I think we've gotten better at being able to, you know, do things to a click and not run into that issue anymore. We've also learned the art of tempo mapping. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, we didn't yeah. need to. It was just my stubbornness not wanting to do it to a click before. <laughs> mm. Can either one of you or both of you uh, explain or talk about the origin of the band name Assertion? Well, I mean, we okay. It's ultimately something it's, that we all need to work on. Yeah, <laughs> but we, it was. But he came up with it. I, 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 it popped. I don't know where it came from initially, but it was. It's. Uh, he and I are both empathetic people by nature, and um, in my life, I'm not going to speak for him. Um, yeah, go ahead. In our lives, boundaries have, <laughs> our personal boundaries have been overtaken by opportunistic people in every situation, whether it be relationships, family, uh, work. Because you, you were both of the mindset like, oh, well, we don't, you know, it's hard to say no. You don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. You want to be a nice person. You want to be thoughtful. All the things we teach our kids. But at the same time, teaching my kids, like, say no. Mm. Screw that guy. He's yeah. a jerk. Like, not in that sense, but like, know when to say no. It's been a challenge. And so I don't, still don't understand where that word, it popped up one day, just kind of like our music does. And yeah, we mean, had this whole conversation about it. Like, well, that's kind of fitting. So, yeah, I mean, we've both gone toe to toe with the worst of the worst as far as covert narcissistic sociopaths are concerned mm -hmm. and, indeed and it's a rough it's a rough thing it's a war it sucks it's a horrible thing to be thrown into or be forced into but we both had to deal with it and um you know and it's a difficult thing you know it's a hard process that you have to go through to be like just because you would never even think of doing this kind of a thing to another person you have to realize that that doesn't mean that they won't do that kind of thing to you you know what i mean or are mm -hmm. actively doing it yeah. and you're just not seeing it because you're still looking through your lens mm -hmm. of like i would never treat somebody like that mm -hmm. so there's no way they are it must be that pops into the gaslighting aspect our second record is mm -hmm. called basking, basking in, in the, the gaslight yeah and it's yeah, uh the, the second yeah. this one was just like coming out of some pretty terrible stuff and so the second one is more hopeful-ish but um <laughs> doesn't sound very hopeful <laughs> <laughs> I, I just made up a new word hopeful-ish like catching a tan <laughs> yeah a sociopathic son that's interesting how you describe that it's almost like 
you're forcing yourself to be empathetic with somebody's bad behaviors as a way to cope with how you're you're feeling or how they've made you feel like to get past it oh, i see what you're saying well no it's know. more I, of it's more of or just being more understanding no not or, being understanding you know, like, just having to accept the fact that someone will be do the most horrific mm. things right but also <laughs> like the assertion part of it is to take a stand. like see those red flags or those actions and actually stand up for yourself and stand up like i have no mm -hmm. qualms like if somebody said or did something to him like I'll be the first one to be in your face yeah, same. or like say something him. not in your face, but like, yeah, we're better at sticking up for each other than we are at sticking up for ourselves. Honestly. Right. So that, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the, that's the you. issue. And so it's, it's more like a reminder to keep, to have boundaries, it. keep boundaries, be assertive. Yeah. I mean, you know, be kind, but don't be a fool. Mm -hmm. Exactly that. That's a good way to sum that's it up advice. that last sentence. I think. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I had to represent Spartan Records here with my with my shirt. I love the logo. Yeah, the nice shirt. It's great. Yeah, it's a great yeah, it's great favorite. logo. But how did you um, get involved with Spartan Records for this release? Tom Mullen has a podcast. Washed up emo. Yeah, washed one. up yeah. emo. We did. We did. Yeah, he's the nicest guy. Yeah. That was a really cool one yeah, he did he's with been William. Very supportive as well. And yeah, and so he he was like, if you guys need any help with anything, he works at Atlantic, right? Oh, yeah, Atlantic Records so. as well. Oh, That's yeah. his day job. Um, and so he's like, if you guys need any help with anything, um, let me know. And we're not the type to ask for that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, it kind of Spartan came up and then he was like, yeah. And they had been talking, they're friends. Mm -hmm. uh, John from Spartan and Tom are friends. So yeah, and Tom was like, John's a great they guy. They conspired and... against us and we're like, we're going to get him and do really cool things, get you guys in Rolling <laughs> Stone. We also like... have friends that are on Spartan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Reader. Um, the last, one of the last shows we played in Seattle, um, at our friend's house or house was, at Cafe Pedroso mm -hmm. in the basement. I don't know if you guys have been there being in Seattle. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like the Alamo, but has a basement. I'm sorry. <laughs> really good food. Um, anyways, reader <laughs> and, um, oh my goodness. I'm, oh, I'm oh, the worst, um, worst uh, names. Uh, oh man. Duke Evers. Yes. Um, we played, that was the show we played in, um, a couple months later, we're on the same label as reader, which is fantastic. Um, and then VAR is another band that we just found out about that's on that. Yeah. That's on Spartan as well. They're actually in Iceland. Yeah. Yeah. But we didn't know oh, that. Wow, I didn't realize Spartan had bands in Iceland. That's great. Well, they're all over the place. They have yeah. unwed sailor. That is, I don't remember what city they're in, but I want to say Midwest or East coast. But yeah, so like I don't have a phone right so now. So yeah, we just we had a we caught we got had a sort of Zoom meeting like people do now with John, and um, it was just we did that one meeting. We were like, okay, cool, let's do it. All right. Yeah, it was like all it was like another one of us just hanging out, being silly. Mm -hmm. So it was it was nice, and he's he's gone above and beyond. Like yeah, he has. Yeah, he's a being patient with. Uh, like Brian's Brian's our dad most of the time. Like, come on, guys. Like, <laughs> what? Um, what? How's the and and so like um, he's been he's been patient with us. I'm I'm really nitpicky when it comes to artwork and lyrics and like I have this. I don't. I want it to be portrayed right. Mm -hmm. So. And I'm a can of worms. <laughs> like I I'm too I'm too sensitive about it. So he's had to deal with that. Me being a little wuss. <laughs> and so yeah it's yeah. but it's been really nice he's really detail oriented they're 
I mean, if you look at their website, you'll see like the artwork and the records. Like he's, he does a good job with all of that stuff. Definitely. Yeah. Got us yeah. on BBC one radio, like three weeks in a row too. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Unheard of. So our, our original plan was just to put it out ourselves. So then, you know, we met with John and we're like, Oh, this is yeah. great. Yeah. And he's, he's taken over all the, the stuff that is and would have been a nightmare for us. Like just dealing with, everything not not, neither of us are business type people i couldn't even fathom like having to send out emails and follow up and nice to put that on somebody else's shoulder yeah for sure yeah john's been great working with us too getting this podcast lined up all the emails back and forth i can tell he's he's an organized guy and it sounds like spartan records has a lot of really great bands that we should we should go check out yeah but uh let's let's get into the the band that we have with us here here today. Are we ready for the the track by track analysis? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's let's jump into it. Again, this is the debut album titled Intermission. April 9th. Came out April 9th. 2 days ago, April 9th, 2021. First track is uh, Down to the Depths. That song originally was much, much slower, and I actually really liked the version that Justin showed me originally. Down into the depths of every hole I've ever fell in. Down into the depths of every hole I broke my face in. I do, I do, man. It's really good. It's really good. <laughs> you still oh, have yeah. that somewhere? Yeah, I think that we should. Put on, <laughs> I think we should do the slow I'll send version. I'll you guys. Yeah, I think we should record the slow version and release it on something. B side. Yeah. A Q side. But yeah. Z side. But uh, yeah, Justin, go ahead. We're gonna saying? be down to F side soon. There you go. Um, <laughs> that one. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember what year. I feel like that was like one of them's two thousand and seven. That's all I know. And I don't know which one. Uh. Um. You had told me this one was five to seven years old, I think, when we had talked a few days ago. Oh, yeah, I, I, I do. I wrote this in the, the basement of a house I lived in in Tacoma. I do remember. I don't Lyrical know content? <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Yeah, this is just dealing with how I grew up. There's one line that really stood out to me. What what if the shadows left me alone? Is that kind of your your own shadows of the past or other people's shadows um, that you just can't shake? It's uh, when you go through trauma at a young age, you get this lovely way of dealing with things called dissociation. Mm-hmm. And that in itself mm-hmm. is a just maze of shadows. And uh, depending on how... Well, it doesn't even matter how severe it is. It sucks. And yeah. it's... Uh, it can be debilitating and send you to some pretty dark places. So people with PTSD oftentimes also have dissociation and uh, trauma causes PTSD. So it's like kind of the circle of one and the same. And so it's, it's just a way of, of like, you kind of live this in this numb, surreal place sometimes. Um, 
it's called there's like depersonalization where you just feel like you're in a movie of yourself it's very odd um other people have mm -hmm. had the same experiences on drugs depends on how severe it is and the word triggers basically comes from that like you hear a noise or smell or um certain couple things happen at the same time and throw you into that Compart that compartmentalized memory mm -hmm. and so mm. it it infiltrates into uh every aspect of your life often so yeah. what if the shadows left me alone and i could breathe that's mm -hmm. pretty yeah. much like uh yeah that pretty much says it yeah yeah you know feeling yeah. smothered yeah by all the well yeah yeah you know past, past thoughts past, well it's like past past things that you know have happened but you may not have a recollection of so you have just have this daunting feeling of like what's that from yeah until you remember it all yeah one of the things I yeah. really liked about this song musically is that I liked how the drums start this off. You know, we're thinking about how we're showcasing yeah, Liam kind of really coming out beat. of um, the shadows there. And, and I love that that starts it off. Was there a thought process behind, you know, this song being number one? That's one of the things that Shane and I love to think about when we analyze an album. How did you order. decide this yeah, was going to lead off? Sure. Wasn't this the first song we recorded? The very first? I feel or do like it we was. do we do Lonely Choir and for Lonely Choir first? Okay, cause what I remember this is what I remember. When we tracked that song, I was working for that company that I got fired from. <laughs> because then I literally would have to be doing these shifts of driving for like sixteen hours. Crazy. You know? Just really like brutal, like ridiculous. And um yeah, it was terrible. And I they I had asked for some shorter uh shifts because i was like look you know we were going to be doing like be doing an interview or something where they wanted to play a couple tracks oh, yeah. we didn't we, we didn't have anything recorded so we're like oh man we got to record something so in like two days in two days so i asked if i could get off a little earlier they said yes but then they still gave me like the workload that anyway so i was fin finishing up as fast as i could and i basically jumped out of the car ran up the stairs came in and literally sat down and you hit record. I threw my cigarette out the window. You hit record, I sat down and boom, and I just, and I tracked it right there. Wow. And that yeah. one just seemed, for the record, that one just seemed like it punched you in the face, woke you up, like, yeah. here we are. And it was the first song that we recorded. Yeah, first mm -hmm. thing we ever recorded was that exact thing, so. So that's the take that we're hearing on the yeah, album. We yeah. listened to it uh, like a few different ways. And that one just always kind of seemed like the opener. Like, yeah. We even retracked it, but then we decided to use the original. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The original one that we first tracked, even though, yeah, we hadn't figured out how to get better sounds yet, but we went with that one. Yeah, it definitely gets you to wake up right out of the gates, you know, grabs yeah. your attention. Yeah. And, yeah, it's a, it's a good opener. Yeah. One of the things I really like too on the chorus Justin, every time you sing it, the, your background vocals get a little bit louder, so it almost has a little bit more of that desperate, and that's you know that uh, higher part that comes through. I just really the like that the, part. Like the one that sounds like up, the doo like girls up high. <laughs> that's me, actually. Yeah, William's all over that one. Yeah. Yeah. Is that you? Ah, okay. I, I, yeah, I like the background vocals too. I thought maybe that was William, but I wasn't yeah. sure. Yeah. I was going to ask it, about that. It, was it a just nice gives touch. it a little bit more of kind of a yeah. desperate feel, and yeah. I think it's a, yeah. that's a great, great yeah, opening track. I, yeah, I usually, if you hear like a, well, not always actually, but if you hear a really, really high one, 
sometimes that's me. He does really, really lows and really highs, and then <laughs> okay. we double nice. them all yeah. together. Yeah. yeah. Well, since Justin likes that's likes awesome. to drum too, maybe you guys should like s- switch roles for a song just just for fun. Uh, Let you well, sing lead William on, on a track yeah, and no, see what happens. No, if anything, <laughs> if anything, I, I need to sing backups live, but um, it's really hard to do. Uh, yeah, and, we've been talking about trying to get work on that in ears, in ear monitors. We need he needs especially. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, should we move to the next track? The second track is the lamb to the slaughter pulls a knife. Slaughter was weird because we just sort of came in and sat down and started playing that song and played it from start to finish. We were actually in the middle of playing it and I was like, whoa, this is cool. I really like it. And I I went over, fumbled with my phone, pressed record on a on the like recording app, the just the vo- the voice recorder. Yeah. And then went back into it. And then we proceeded to go into the verse, chorus, whatever the little bridge it, bridge it, thing, it you know, came out of nowhere yeah and when we got done wow. we we're like whoa what the crap that was a, like, that was that was the song there it is like completed that's awesome <laughs> and it really was we we went back and just kind of learned what we pulled out of thin air yeah. it was crazy that's amazing yeah i'll ha- i tried to find the recording of that Can't it's it. it's on my phone somewhere um but yeah, we have a recording and at the end of it, we're like, whoa, that, what was that? That's the whole song. We're yeah, like, we're like laughing. Song. Like that is an entire song we just wrote. Yeah. Like, Where did no that come thought from? Whatsoever, <laughs> just gone. Yeah. And then uh, mumbled a vocal melody and then that turned into lyrics and that's the best. That's well, the that's, the, I, that's the only way I can imagine ever doing the lyrics. You know, it's usually the melody first, the lyrics afterwards. Some people do it the other way around. I don't know how. I love the guitars on on this song. It's almost kind of entering into the shoegaze genre with this one. Just that wall of sound that you get. I understand what that meant. Shoegaze. I understand what it means in like walking, staring at your feet. Yeah, what did? I've never really understood that reference. So the way I understand shoegaze as a genre is exactly what Justin's saying. It comes from the description of somebody that has like all these guitar pedals just oh. laid out on stage and so they create this huge wall oh, I didn't know so that. it became shoegaze because those those type of guys are always looking down oh, while they're I playing i never knew that that i pictured i pictured being 15 walking down a stupid street in california listening to the cure <laughs> like which i actually did just not in yes. california <laughs> yeah i didn't know that either i just thought it was another like term to I thought it was music into. I thought that it was basically just meant that you were depressed staring at your feet, and I was like, "God, man, call it what you want." I just, I love the the fullness of yeah. those guitars. Thank I, you. I just think that's no. A, I like that reference sound. now that I understand. Yeah, that's what it means. So from now on, we are shoegazer. <laughs> that you. one is um, the guitars <laughs> on that song. Uh, I did layer them as far as uh, there. There's a lot of guitars in there. I thought. I thought that you did a lot of guitars then took them all out we and did. then just yeah. used like 
two, one or two. I did. We, yeah, we initially like, I was like, I'm going to just, it's going to be so huge and then yeah. layered them. And then it just turned into a wall of mud. Yeah. And so took them out and slowly put them back in, but not like if you soloed out a couple of them, it'd sound like a gnat, but it's mm-hmm. just the EQ that mm-hmm. needed to go into like tuck under the full size one and sure all kinds of weird stuff yeah mixing yeah i really like the contrast between the, the the mellow moments of the song and then some of the pace changes where you where you picked it up i thought that was really cool kind of reminded me of like a i know you don't really like genres but kind of a post grunge mid late late 90s sort of um oh i don't know what what what, what you call it like a, like Emo? a ballad uh in, in a way <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, that's, hey man, that's another one, genre we've talked whatever about, it was called i was around for that kind of brought stuff. me back so, yeah, yeah, I, yeah i don't mean to yeah, say right, that because right. i mean everybody like it's how you it's how you talk about it like it drives me nuts but at the same time i have to do it too like there's a band out of seattle tacoma called dust moth they're they're really good um and ryan frederickson the guitarist in that band is like he has his own sound he's like textural like he's an amazing guitarist and I was thinking about it and I was telling somebody and I was like, it sounds like, and I started doing that and saying like, it sounds like this band mixed with this band and this band. And I was like, oh, I hate that so much, but how else do you say it? <laughs> so, I mean, that's me apologizing yeah. for that. <laughs> the, yeah. girl, the genre no, thing. No, no, it's, I, I, I'm it's with hard. you. That can be a challenge. Yeah. I got a couple questions on the lyrics. My, my favorite line, all these eyes on you dropping codes untrue. Is that about people <laughs> misjudging others? Uh, this is another one that's uh, pretty much family oriented. Um, I grew up with uh, a mom who needed everybody to think she was something she wasn't and the big hypocrite and like mm-hmm. the shining example of how to be yeah. when it was the exact opposite. So all these eyes on you dropping codes untrue is basically like people are watching you. So you need to pretend that you're this way when in reality home life is this way yeah there's a lot of pressure mm. as a kid to keep the oh. facade watered and up yeah. standing yeah and have to watch someone literally yeah being two-faced like two-faced like crazy yeah yeah so wow. yeah. yeah the the scapegoat and is a, a long so the lamb to the slaughter like it's funny because i have a couple months ago like it came on i have i can't listen to half this record because i I mixed it for so long but it came on and i immediately pictured this stupid little lamb like a far side drawing and i draw a lot (laughs) and so i have this idea in my head so anytime anybody says it i just immediately laugh i'm like i see this little this little lamb with a switchblade (laughs) so stupid (laughs) it's the most ridiculous name but it's essentially the same thing you have this like kid that doesn't know any better that like i was a really nice kid like i was i was empathetic even when i was a kid so the little lamb being to the slaughter pulls a knife is like the whole assertion thing like standing up for yourself but yeah. in the more lamb being mm-hmm. violent way yeah yeah you'll find a continued theme <laughs> yeah. of that you know aka catharsis yeah yeah In 
how about the line "Stay wide-eyed, stay right in front of me"? Uh, is that is that a message to someone yes, else yes, to keep yes, their eyes open, yes. or more, more of a reminder to yourself? That okay, is so, so to somebody else. That is actually there's two songs that are lyrically stolen, if you will, from myself. No, 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 not stolen. It's it's a theme. Yeah. Parents so Pigs Now was me being a father, but just through music, all the lyrics in Pigs Now were teaching my kids to stand up for yourself, watch out, stay by me, I'll protect you, blah, 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 blah. Keep your eyes so open. So that okay. stay wide-eyed, stay right cool. in front of me, my daughter and my son sing on that. You can hear them if you listen for it. They're singing on that because that's mm. who it was written for. Yeah, I love when they come through in the back. Mm. So yeah, that's so really this, cool. so the beginning of the song and the, the verses to the song is what I went through as a kid and how I um, basically... Um, see it and how it affected me and then as a dad the chorus is like not happening to you stay wide-eyed stay right in front of me mm -hmm. like that's yeah. where it comes mm -hmm. from. oh man uh, yeah but it's that's i had them sing on it because they sang on the chorus of the i don't remember what song it was from in what well, pig snout song but it's um uh, it's a chorus there's right two of them there's in lonely choir i think has a chorus from a big snout song too or the lyrics mm -hmm. because they're for it's the same thing yeah i picked up that those two songs had a similar mm -hmm. line that there was the stay wide-eyed and then on, on lonely chorus i think or the lonely choir rather i think it's yeah. keep your eyes yeah, wide yeah. open same thing yeah so they're the sim similar message yeah, no, to I mean, those two yeah there's a pig snout yeah. song where it says the same thing yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just reinforcing to my kids like every time i drop them off or take them somewhere where they're going without me around to make watch over them i tell them to hold your ground mm -hmm. assertion for yeah. kids <laughs> that's great or no, that's assertion great. is picks now for adults <laughs> sorry <laughs> that's the other way to say it Pig Snout is a legit band. I just yeah, have to they're say so it, talented. by the way. I, I, I love i literally love love Pig Snout. <laughs> When I heard about, you know, the background for Assertion, I was like, oh, I'm going to go check some of this stuff out. And I started thinking, I think I just want to listen to Pigs now today. This is this is excellent. So my favorite thing playing with them when we would play a show and we'd walk in and they bring in their tiny drum set and like they'd walk on stage. The sound guys would always be like, what the crap is this? And then I would always watch them or anybody around that was like, oh, this is going to be a joke. And all of their face would be like. Like just drop, like jaw drop, like yeah, that's the best. Yeah, it's it was great. like a haha. Nice. I told you, without telling you. Yeah. Well, should we move on to track three? Yeah, let's yep. do it. Yeah. What is track three? Track three is titled Defeated. Oh. really love this transition from track two it, it's almost seamlessly just flows into to track three and uh really nice uh, up front the bass lines stand out it's, it's really catchy 
Shout out to Brian on that one. Mm-hmm. That that's outstanding. But overall, really really good song. I love the music and the lyrics. This is well, band name wise, it's got to be my fourth or fifth band with Brian. Like like um, he just he does his thing. It's when we play, our notes like float around each other. It's like if I'm playing a lead, like he's he's always over here, and it's. It's uh Brian's just a great bass player. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of these songs um I'll just mumble a vocal melody with and lyrics will come and I try not to really Well, that's that's how Sunny Day would push do it. them. That's how a lot of times Sunny Day would do it too. Like it was always the melody first and then we would listen back to the melody that was just sort of like gibberish. Yeah. Most of the time and then be like that sounds like you said this. That sounds like you said that. And then next thing you know, you're looking at these lyrics that have come accidentally or maybe not accidentally come from your subconscious. Yeah, I call it subconscious drivel. I do it when I draw too. I just start drawing. I don't do life drawings. I just start drawing and they'll turn into some... Yeah. Usually quit because after a while cause I'm like, oh, this is scary and weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with the lyrics, you got to keep going. <laughs> no matter yeah, how scary so it is. So. My point was is that... I still don't think I know what this one's completely about. I'm never. I don't think you want to. I think that know. I know parts of it, um, but my favorite part, uh, we it came on. It was played on KSW last week, without us knowing. Like we were listening, we knew it was coming on, but then like the this kicked in, and I didn't think there were. Everybody usually was playing supervised at this point. Yeah. Or random. or lamb to slaughter. And uh, that came on, and I was like, oh, whoa, what? I was like nervous, like, oh, I didn't expect this. But um, the the line that says, see through your wounds and your lives, please fall, and then it pauses. And then it says, down in a hole, and goes back into the chorus. My daughter laughs every time because it's like, um, you're like walking, and then please fall. And then it could down. <laughs> that little pause just makes her visualize somebody fall. I exactly. Love I get it. Wow. It's so I totally ridiculous. understand what's funny about so that. So silly. And she's got a very awesome sense of humor. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Wow. That's a great little sense of humor. Wow. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know what this one's about either. You know, obviously, but what I, the feeling I got was those first two songs. One, one of the phrases just kind of kept coming up in my head at the beginning of this album was like a pent up feeling like there was an energy that was just sort of trying to be released and then by the time you got to defeat it it felt like some of that was coming out I mean especially at the end as those choruses just get more and more unhinged that's where I felt some catharsis where it just felt like oh I'm starting to get this out I don't know what this means but I'm feeling this energy come out now and I kind of felt like I needed it at that point I've I've always had my own kind of interpretation of what I thought, what it felt like it meant. And for me, it felt like the devastation that comes from being cut off from the thing that makes you whole. Yeah. I lost my kids, supervised suffering. Yeah. I didn't know. It was a whole big, ugly court thing. To me, defeated is very directly connected to that because I mean, you know, you literally are being cut off from the thing that is your ultimate love in your life. It's essentially about somebody lying, making up things about you, using those things, being backed, winning everything, like fingernails digging your way out, relieving your mountains of crutches, and no one believes that you're sane. Like, I remember 
writing it, they're just like flying out and like go back and then I'll make it sound right. But like, it's basically like everybody's looking at you like you're this, um, the person who won, the person who lied and deceived everybody is this shining example of how to be because they don't know the truth. And so like um, you're deceiving the world is believing way down in the open. You're dragging your crown on my soil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just pictured this mountain oh, of crutches. That's my but, favorite part of the song. Yeah. That, so, I mean, just, yeah, that's, so, yeah, I'm, that's really I, I hope you don't mind that I kind of nudge that. But I mean, it's like to me, the, that's what it's about. Because I mean, when you said, I don't really know what the song is about. Yeah. I'm like, no, oh, I, I think I do know. But yeah, it's like you feel defeated and you feel like you're in a hole. And coming from what I already said earlier, like the dissociation stuff, it makes it, I mean, there's nothing more triggering than being, knowing that you're kind of back in it. Des- I mean, you feel desperate. Like just, if I didn't, like these guys were there for me through the whole thing. And so like, I don't even know what I've done without this band for through that year and a half, two years, mm-hmm. whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, this record is, a- about that journey through having the most horrific thing you could possibly imagine happening, which was losing the ability to be with your children. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine it. Like I, yeah. and then I, meanwhile, I would, I would like, just think about it, about it, like w- try to put myself in Justin's shoes that I would just, the amount of devastation I would feel just from, the idea of having to go through that is mm. just so extreme. I mean, I wouldn't know. I, I honestly wouldn't. Oh, man. I, yeah, I wouldn't be able to handle it. Yeah, you know, it was, I would not bad. be able to handle it. I don't know yeah. how he did. I don't know how. I, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't imagine, obviously, at the place I'm at right now, too, just thinking about that. Yeah. I just have my little boy turned six weeks yesterday and I just, I feel like he's always been here. Yeah, man. He just, he's always, always existed. It feels like. So I really appreciate you being willing to share those things. I know that's, this, it's hopefully feels good to be able to write these songs. I don't know how good it necessarily feels to talk about them. So I just really appreciate you being willing to do that. Well, but it feels good though, because you know, I mean, the kids are here right now. They're just next door. Yeah. Yeah, My son just, he just texted me. He's going for a walk. Yeah. So that's a good thing. So there's a happiness. Should we move on to track four? Go ahead and play the next cut. Track four is called This Dream Does Not Work. Oh, no. This one's intense, huh, William? We just... What's next? Oh, what's next? Just stay in the bathroom. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. this one is old this is probably Very the oldest old. one yeah yeah i think this is this a 2007 probably written in 2007 i think this one i'm almost reluctant to ask but the opening lyrics uh 
little little dark. Yes. I wasn't sure if you were able to talk Very. about the context or if it's I mean a little too personal. I mean, it's gonna. Most people don't grow up with. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's gonna sound brutal to most people, but it's about my mom. She was narcissistic and crazy abusive, like really, really abusive. And I just had to, for my own uh, well-being, um, mentally, spiritually, everything, I, I had to just buy, not deal with it. So this is how I deal with it. Like I have to remind myself why I don't because everybody wants their mom. Everybody wants to be, everybody wants a family. Everybody wants love and all of that. So this is how I deal with it. And, and it is you, dark. It's really how, dark. That's how I dealt with it. Four, 14 years ago, right? It was written. That Would that be? Yeah. So four, I have, yeah. 14 years ago. So mm. it's, it's my fault. Wow. It's my fault because I'm the one that was like, dude, that song's really cool. We should play it. Not really understanding at that point exactly just how. So it's about an ancient darkness, you know, for you. I mean, for your life. And then it's. It was, you know, and that's how it was sort of dealt with or expressed that through that song 14 years ago. It's on the record, probably won't be playing it live. It's kind of just sort of, it's there and it's mm -hmm. done with. So, so there was basically, I needed to give myself closure because I wasn't getting it. Yeah. And so like, yeah, I mean, sure. when you, when you grow up with the person that's supposed to be your light and like nurturing you and they're not that the exact opposite and you can't trust that you can't trust anything around you yeah. so that creates a whole different world and so this was my way of like yeah yeah letting it go and yeah. and i mean I, it sucks it's dark but i didn't want to feel this way but this is how i deal with it yeah so. well wasn't it also her trying to kind of pretend like Oh yeah, there was lots of like, I was never like that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to the, kind of the gaslighting part. Yes, yeah, yes. So much the gaslight. That imagery of the the person like swimming, oh yeah, I'm swimming back upstream. That's that. yeah. that the really part. Good. That's the part that my siblings will only truly understand is the amount of effort it took for her to make sure we were either living up to her code in other people's eyes or whatever it may be. Like the only time there was a real effort put was to make sure that other people's perception of the family or you or was her good was maintained or to let us know we weren't doing enough and we weren't good enough brutal it was insane yeah yeah some, some yeah. of the metaphors in that song uh really paint a good picture like wh why is it you'd float upstream come back for me arm over arm like you're you're trying to rid yourself you're trying to separate yourself from somebody uh and you're kind of sending them on on their way but they keep fighting you know against the grain going upstream yes. and just keep reappearing you know it's like this revolving cycle of just not going away the the thing that annoyed me later after i like paid attention to this song we started doing it was that it says float but swim didn't sound good <laughs> you float upstream oh. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, i got the visual though uh, I, yeah, I, didn't, exactly. I didn't even catch that you know you know right. what you know what it, it, it says float upstream but 
<laughs> I I saw that as somebody swimming upstream. So like Same. the word choice that, yeah. didn't matter. I I got Thank I you. got the yeah. picture based on the other lyrics. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but I do. Yeah. I have that. I have that like vision of like I'm going to go through all this effort to make sure that you still feel not worthy. Like mm. it's like a weird like mm. people that are mm. narcissistic need to do that to other people because without doing that they don't feel good about themselves they have to put other people down in order to feel any sort of contentment they have to have control it's scary and i've yeah, had a lot of the, those people it's in the control life. thing wow i really appreciate you sharing that it's always nice to hear the meanings behind the song the personal connections it allows allows you to get inside the artist's head so to speak and connect to the music more but one thing trevor and i have talked about with music once it's out there it's kind of for the the listener to interpret and yes except for those who listen to this podcast and get the meaning behind it i think you know you you mentioned how it was a it was a freeing experience for you to write the song and and to sing it but for others they're going to listen to this and they've probably had a lot of similar experiences in life maybe not with the same characters or the same same environment or context but it's going to evoke some emotions and it's going to help them too and allow them to connect you know the music and the words on on various other levels so for one reason or another it's good that it made its way into a song into existence and you know it does its thing now that's my goal honestly like i have a job i have to do music i'll continue to do music if even if this came out and nobody listened to it Mm -hmm. but my main thing was like when i was that kid growing up in this when if i read if i was me and I read this song or listened to this song and I you weren't heard alone. it. You're not alone. I was like, oh my God, like this person's been through the same thing. Like I can do this. I got this. And yeah. like push through one more day mm-hmm. and then I'd find it. I'd listen to that song. Like I, when I listen to the song, like oh, yeah, totally. my son, like when we were talking on the way here, he's like listening to, uh, he'll find a song and he'll listen to it over and over again. His favorite right now is uh, one of them is Police on My Back by The Clash, which I was like, really? Wow. <laughs> um, so he, uh, but yeah, I'll just listen to it and listen to it and absorb it and like, and I'd like live off of it. And so my whole thing is that if one person is affected and like can pull through, then I'm good. And we've had that. We've gotten messages from yeah, people that are like, whoa, like especially with kind super, of overwhelming and Especially awesome. with supervised suffering, but we'll get to that. That's down the line. But yeah, I appreciate you saying that. Mm, yeah. In a way yeah. it's like, it's like, it's like you're giving, you're giving back for you to be able to, to look back to your past and remember a time when you were the listener listening to music that was helping you through a place and then to know that, hey, I have these stories I can share that maybe we'll do the same for somebody else. It's kind of like that full circle of, of that musical journey. I still am that. Yeah. I still am. Oh, like yeah, me, I, me too, I, for sure. Music's my escape. Totally. Yeah. Like I, I could, there are songs that get me through my, when I'm in that spot, in this spot, like I don't listen to my own music. I listen to somebody else and they, pull me back up and then and then I'm like I need to go play music now yeah I had lost right. I, I lost that it's a beautiful thing for a long time I lost it for a long time and then all of a sudden accidentally got like hit with a tsunami called var <laughs> yeah that that mm. song moments is pretty I, I, I yeah I had an ex- I had an experience with that song that I can't it's hard to explain but it's somehow like made me feel my son I don't know how to explain it, but it was this weird sort of like, mm. um, like shortcut into. I don't know how to explain it. I don't it's, know how to explain it. It's got. Every time yeah. I hear that song, all I see is his face. 
You should you should go look up the lyrics. Which, which song? Moments by Var. You said moments by Var. Mm -hmm. We gotta write that down and check it out. Okay, yeah, it's I on. It, it out. I can't even know if it messes me up. Yeah, it's oh, it's. Okay. I, we listened oh, wow. to it on uh, yeah. um, on yeah. our trip, and yeah. uh, I can't even talk about it. Lyrically, yeah. like there's there's a lot there, but yeah. it's um it is on the Spotify um Spartan playlist. Yeah, I don't uh, know. Yeah, it's beyond mm -hmm. anything that I can okay, really cool. explain. It's a really good song. It's just a time for us to stay in the moment. We can hang on now and count the waves of the ocean. I appreciate you sharing that. I think we all have a song like that um, for whatever reason that just doesn't matter how many times you've heard it that it does it to you that's what music's about i mean that's what it's all about and i think these songs are speaking to people like you said in ways you probably didn't yeah. realize you know and and everybody that's going to come at you guys is going to have a different yeah. experience and it's going to be different than yours but these songs are going to speak to that experience yeah. for them that's a hard place for me yeah i gotta disconnect i gotta yeah, disconnect yeah. from that that like other people's version of these songs is their version like yeah. it's really hard for me i'm like no that's not it dude no yeah 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 you gotta kind of let it go when once yeah. it's out there right it yeah. belongs to other I'm, people i too would now, like to so. say one thing that var song seemed to like okay so i i, I kind of lost my ability to be connect moved. with music yeah mm -hmm. except for playing it with him that was the only time i was able to reconnect with it working on it with him mm. aside from that I lost that thing when I would like listen to records, you know, and, and, uh, yeah. VAR like did something, it shattered a wall. And so, and that was proven to me because then I went and listened to some old Chicago and I was like, Oh my God. I was like, <laughs> Oh my God. I was like, it's all I could say over and over again. I was like, wow, they unlocked it. They, they, they broke down the wall. It just op yeah. opened you back up. So, yeah, That's pretty, awesome. Yeah. Pretty cool. Awesome. Well, let's move on to, this is the last track on side A. This is track five called Push to the Limits. And doing all these deep album dives that we do on our show, Shane knows most of my consumption of music because of where I'm living now in San Francisco is on my BART ride mm -hmm. to work. So I'm listening on headphones most of the time. And I listened to this album, you know, upwards of 25 times probably. But it wasn't till today that I had a reason to put it on in my car. And so I was turning the volume up in my car. And we talk about how you there's certain things you really have to have headphones to get. But I realized this album, even though there's many things on headphones that you really want to experience you also need space for this album and it was on this song when i was going to the grocery store where i was like i like this one in my car this i want space yeah, yeah. for this song so that was my experience with push to the limits yeah that's cool yeah i hear that it does have that i mixed these in different places too for that same effect if that makes mm. sense like mm. i mixed some of them yeah. on headphones first and then made sure they were sounded good not as a headphone mix and then we mix here 
and then at my house. So I would, I would do it in different spots. And this one I was really particular about because it has that breakdown and I wanted it to sound like it just went into something completely different, like really warm and pretty sounding. Yeah. This was the big leap forward, like with Justin's sort of like production and mixing skills. Like this is the song where he all of a sudden he said it to me. He was like, what do you think of this? And I was like, Oh, I was like, wow. And then all of a sudden he started taking everything else up. That's the first oh, one. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, um, this is when we started getting the drums to sound like they actually bigger, sound. Yeah. Yeah. And then this is the first song we ever wrote. That's the other interesting thing about the song. I didn't know that. Yeah. You said this was the first one you ever together, wrote. Together, yeah. I mean, like, that, together, together, yeah. Like, okay. You know, like, down to the depths, like, he, you know, he came up with that years ago, and then we kind of re, you know, we, we sped it up and changed a little bit. But, I mean, you know, but as far as, like, us as a band, you know, like, this is the first song we wrote together. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned that breakdown. I think that's right around about 148 I wrote in my notes where where that guitar line really shines and, and William's playing drums real soft in the background. That yeah. part I really like. And then uh, around the around the 2.30 mark, there's this this abrupt end and for a second it kind of feels like it could be the end of the song like the song is over and then all of a sudden it jumps back into the chorus that was kind of cool too like that, that sort of caught me off guard that was yeah. a fun little twist fun to play i really like playing that one it's on our set list for whenever yeah we can yeah. play again yeah that's yeah and then the end you guys you guys really jam out on the end to finish out the song i bet that'd be fun live you could just like keep going crazy yeah, on that, that one for a while yeah yeah th yeah that song we can yeah we definitely it's really fun live because we because that yeah. part but then the the middle part that you're saying that breakdown is is like yeah pretty and when i'm that not fumbling through the notes it's super fun to play <laughs> no, I, I love the guitar there <laughs> Man, now I want to go to a concert. I just mentioned live music, and I'm like, man, Ugh. it's been so long since, since I saw a show. I know. Hopefully, we yeah. get to see you guys someday. We'll be we'll be there for one of you guys's for sure. We'll, we'll get we'll get out once you start yeah. the tour again oh, yeah. for sure. Well, awesome song and and. Uh, awesome end to the first half so we're on to side two now let's flip the record over we'll listen to track six this song is called deeper in the shallow oh yeah Can you tell us about this song, guys? Uh, it's old. This and one is. It was the band. He did it. Where you go ahead. You know. This is this is. Uh, I don't think we played this, but we probably attempted to play the day that we started. William and I like first kind of communicated through somebody else. I was playing with the guys that I would play this with in, in rotation, 
um, the other thing about this one is that that was like 10 years ago and I can't sing it in the key I wrote it in. So I had to drop, this is the only one that's like dropped to like, it's a drop C actually. Mm. So I always think that's funny. I can't play it. Oh, I have to have another guitar for this one for some reason. Yeah. And he played it for me, the hmm. recording that they had done. And I was like, wow, that's a great song. And he goes, you want to play it? And I was like, we can't. Yeah, we can't play this. Song. Yeah, I asked them. I was like, Austin and Alan. I was like, Do you guys care if we do them? They're like, No. <laughs> so yeah, so it's kind of a you know, and I, I tried to I I uh, I actually tried to as much as possible like stay true to what, Austin's you know, drumming. Yeah. yeah, yeah, as much as possible. Yeah, I wrote it with I was uh, I had a tile business and I was my friend Ben worked with me and I wrote the majority of it with him. We'd come home from work and then play. He's a fantastic musician. But yeah, that was like right when Lucian was born, I think. So yeah, it's 15 years. Wow. It's pretty old. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, but then this one is about my sister moved to Tacoma and there's in every group of people, there's your good and your bad and your fake and your genuine. And when you grow up in an abusive environment you're taught to think that the fake are genuine yeah essentially mm -hmm. like you're easily fooled because you're just used to it and you're um used to being treated poorly and have no boundaries yeah. thus assertion Next thing you know you've got a nice sort of like click mm. of sociopaths yeah then you, you fall into <laughs> yeah. the same patterns like your oh. entire life and you have to really pay attention so my sister moved here and i'm really protective like i said of earlier of my friends and family and so this was kind of like uh a letter she started hanging out with a few of them that i had just kind of distanced myself from i mentioned it but you know you got to make your own choices and your own not mistakes but your own choices so hey man i've spent lots of time as a punching bag in my day <laughs> yeah so so we so basically it was like a kind of like a my my therapy once again i just like sort of wrote it about that to my sister and the lyrics are the same as they were 15 years ago. Yeah, nothing's changed. Yeah. So is the idea that so somebody's fallen deeper into the things that are shallow as in superficial yes. or having little depth to them? Most so definitely. Think. Like the cool, like the cool click, mm -hmm. the click, you know, like I play music. I'm in this, I'm in this band. Right, yeah, yeah. Dude. Everybody likes getting, this band. Getting stuck, mm -hmm. caught up in all that. Yeah. Yeah. Usually those bands that are super egotistical are the least talented, but they also get all the people because they're starstruck by the like nonsensical like rock star blah 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 yeah i mean it's a you know it's like it's a juvenile sort of approach towards things or it's like a high school drama mentality you know yeah. the popular kids the you know the not popular kids yeah who wants to be on the winning team you know bullshit like that it's yeah. it's, it's, it's yeah. dumb uh, and every little approach. scene whatever goes through your like a band will do good and get a little bit of press or something and then like that band is super cool and if if you're not friends with that band or you're not like a part of this little group, then you're not getting shows and yeah, superficial. It's shallow. so dumb. Instead of just everybody playing mm -hmm. music and yeah. having fun. It's, it's, it was, it was a little bit like that where I was at and it's, it, well, it's not at all now. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But I mean, it changed a lot. Yeah. Everybody grew up and stopped being an idiot for the most part.
there were some other lyrics that really grabbed my attention too. And when the bottle's empty and you're all alone, you feel, no, it, no, it's not so easy, is it? Beaten down and overcome with sorrow. No, it's not the first time. Close your eyes. It's blackened till tomorrow. Is this along, along the same lines of the idea that things can feel great, your, your bottle's full until it's not when people maybe abandon you or they're not who you, who, who you thought they were and you're kind of left with this feeling of, you know, what was that all about and just sort of, you know, by yourself? Um, I'm going to give you that one. Another meaning to that. <laughs> That's your meaning. Okay. All right, cool. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I, I mean, um, at yes, first with, with the line about the bottle, I, I was kind of thinking maybe it had to do something with drinking, yeah. but then here in our conversation about people and whatnot, I'm thinking maybe there's another meaning to that. No, no, no. But, there's a lot of Justin's you know, lyrics. Can kind of leave you with that as well. A lot of Justin's lyrics have more than one meaning to them though. Cause at first I was thinking about how alcohol can like temporarily numb your pain or get you to forget about some things until tomorrow. And then, you know, everything's back. No, no, you're um, dead on right. Um, that is, that is exactly okay. it. Um, That's what I had in my notes. And then I was like, maybe I saw that wrong. Maybe no. it's more about, you know, like the social groups and mm -hmm. stuff. Okay. No, it is because you, cool. because you, so. you know, you're out usually like, I mean, I drink like a fish and an idiot. So, um, you're out doing that and you're in that world and you get home and you know, you're probably still going and then till tomorrow, <laughs> like wake yeah. up like, Oh yeah, yeah cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But Justin's lyrics always oh, yeah. work on multiple levels. Usually that is actually a lot of the reason why the stuff I have on a hard drive is so personal and vulnerable feeling because the songs are direct and they're more like supervised suffering where it's like, I'm telling you exactly how it is. Mm -hmm. These, I knew I was going to be playing live. And so they're very cryptic encoded and I don't, outright say a whole lot of anything and i didn't actually do that until i started playing with him and he would we were talking a lot and he was like he basically was like let yourself be vulnerable without saying it so they've become a lot more straightforward i like writing in codes so i, I like both i like the direct <laughs> and the coded you know and the and the you know multi-dimensional you know like the multi-layered well, that's what we like too. We we love dissecting the lyrics and trying trying to figure it out, but also, you know, the whole idea that it, it can be whatever it is to the listener, and there's multiple meanings, multiple layers to it. So yeah, that's exactly. Really cool. Man, oh, sorry. Justin recently dissected the lyrics to one of the new songs for the next record, and oh my god, mm. it really like it kind of. Yes. I, I literally had to sit down for a minute. Like, we'll get to that one, then we'll get to that mm. after that record comes out. Good lord. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll yeah, jump yeah. on later yeah, we'll, for that we'll, one. Then. We'll schedule yeah. that interview for <laughs> six six yeah. months from now or yeah. a year or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's to know what the the song is a little bit now as far as the background makes a couple lines jump out more to me too. Then that back to that multiple meaning that that split your sides with laughter. Now it takes on a new meaning because you think about like the the cool kids trying to make you laugh and stuff, but it's got it's more of like a violent thing too to split somebody's sides with laughter. Yeah. So. Man, musically, the outro on this song, so cool. I love that time change and, and the way the drums come in and yeah, out. That was such intense. a cool outro. Yeah, on this one. yeah from the really like chill, calming opening, you know, to, to finish this way. It really takes you for a ride. Yeah.
go to the next one? What's the next one? Let's do it. Yeah, track seven is titled This Lonely Choir. Oh. This Lonely Choir, I was texting you a few days ago, Justin, just saying, all right, after listening to this album, you know, dozens of times, I think this is my favorite one. There's just so much to it. I love your kids coming in on the chorus of this oh, one yeah, as well. Too. The lyrics we had alluded to on an earlier one about the, you know, keep your eyes open and, your eyes, and eyes wide on, on the other one, just bringing that back together. There's just so much to this one. What, what can you tell us about this song? Um... I, this one is kind of this falls in the same line as everything. It's like my um, my past mixed with whatever current uh, trauma, current stuff, but also being a father and wanting to protect my children. It's yeah. the, it's the same like plight, I guess. Yeah. The intro is what it was like where I keep getting sex. I forget that we did that. Um, we were on one of our like recording all weekend things and we got this storm rolled in. I woke up at like six o'clock in the morning to thunder, ran over here and threw a microphone on the window and then went back to bed. <laughs> so that's all like at the studio, like out the window, like that was a storm we had. And oh, wow. Yeah, we have a picture hear, of it actually. So cool. You that's can hear awesome. vaguely this like little squeaky noise in, the, in it, like in, if you're wearing headphones. <laughs> and it was Logan. Yeah. Logan was up here uh, when we were, we were just up here. It was something still recording one day, and I found that little noise, and I kind of inserted it in there. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, cool. that, that's your son, William, right? Yeah. Yes. Oh, nice. When you recorded that, Justin, did you know that this was the song you wanted to Not at all. put it on? When you Okay. What made you decide that it, it fit for mm, this one? I was just um, playing around. Yeah. Like, like I like space yeah. and I like, as you probably noticed, lots of like tails and weird noises and yeah. delay tails and reverb. I like sound design a lot. And yeah. so we had that. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, it sounds so cool out here because it's quiet. There's there's um, traffic that comes from the ferry, but it's not every, that time. Yeah. Yeah. It's not yeah. when it's here. It's constant. But yeah, the storm is real. It's a real storm. <laughs> really recorded by. Hi. Yeah. So. I don't know yeah. why that was such a big deal to me, but there it is. Yeah, <laughs> I really liked it. It it reminded me uh, of a nice, you know, like a gentle storm. I, I'm from Iowa, mm -hmm. uh, and we get a lot of thunderstorms in the Midwest. Most of them aren't too scary, you know, like nothing catastrophic. We'll get a tornado every now and then, but just that that right amount of of rain, thunder, and lightning to make you want to crack the windows and yeah, just yeah, yeah. You know, listen to yeah. that. Let you, let it put you to sleep. Yeah. This kind of had that feeling. It was like. It was enough to make you kind of eerie about the fact that maybe a bad storm could break out, but also feel calm that you know mm. it wasn't that uh, that intense. And it sort of paired with the lyrics. It felt it felt yeah, chill. very interesting. Yeah, yeah and the guitar is pretty mellow at the beginning too, so it felt like it mm -hmm. kind of rolled into it like thunder. Plus, it was warm out then, and so it was like when the ground opens up, it smelled really mm. nice, and it was like it was a really cool yeah, day. Yeah. yeah, music and time mess with me, and so being able to like kind of anchor 
the song and this album down. That's what all that does for me. Cause the rest of them, I'm just like, I have no idea when, where these songs were written. Like I didn't know push to the limit was our first one we did like stuff like that. But for some reason I hear this and I'm like, Oh, is that day is mm-hmm. over here. Mm. Put you so you place. just put the, the microphone in the window and just let it ride. Like how, how many, right how many hours of recording right there, the window behind you guys, yeah. like how many hours of recording of that storm did you get? That you had to sift through to, to figure out the part to put in the song. I tried to go back to sleep because we were usually up to like three doing it, but it was really uh-huh. loud. Like the thunder was crazy loud. It happens all the time. So, and I've recorded it before, but it was mm. so loud that it woke me up. And I, so I was like, oh, I'm going to get this because it's insane. And then when I put the mic up, it was more gentle. And But I mean, we probably uh, had like okay. 45 minutes to an hour because I, I couldn't sleep, came yeah, back over, turned I, it off. I wasn't awake when he did this. So when I woke up, coming out of my bedroom there's a little deck right over this way so the house is separate from from this garage and this mother-in-law room studio so i walked out on the deck and saw the mic sticking out of the window and i was like <laughs> what is he doing and it, there was no storm i didn't even know the storm happened so there's mic sticking out the window i had oh, no okay. idea <laughs> and I was back so in bed. i took a picture of it and i still have that picture somewhere and i posted it and some guy commented and said what do you he said, what are you, Steve Albini now? I was like, what? <laughs> Whatever that mic, in the, mic in the air. And I was like, what the, what are you doing? Oh, anyway. Because he likes to do interesting things. That's yeah. an insult. Yeah, I know, no, yeah. Anyway, so that's that. So. That's a great story. Well, before awesome. we moved on from this one, I just, I wanted to say I really liked the, the breakdown. It's at like the 2.30 mark and then the outro. Oh, that's the. Picks up the drums. Yeah. I was like, what is that? I mean, I love that part. That's really fun to play too. Those are you're you're bringing up all the parts that uh, get me excited to play music. Those are oh, that's man, uh, that that that's part's fun, so cool. Yeah, we wrote it to be a little bit challenging, ish. So we did. I did to keep me on my toes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> William's like it wasn't challenging wasn't to me. Challenging. I was joking. I was joking. <laughs> He's really good with the like count. Like yeah. he doesn't count. He doesn't count. And Brian and Brian and I tend to count. So like I have like little maps in this room of like, oh crap, here we come to that like weird timing part. How many times does that go? And he just blazes through it. What's the title mean, this lonely choir? I don't even think we understand. I don't think we understand yet. (laughs) 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 No, I mean, you know, it's a lonely choir. I mean, you know, it's a choir as many people yet. Yeah, I'm sure it adds. I mean, the choir is the, is my kids again. And it's another line from a pig snout song. I'm not sure how to answer that one. Yeah. That one's all used. Yeah, com- kind of combining yeah. those things. Yeah. Subconscious, cool. I think. That was my favorite. We'll we'll move on now to track eight. This song is called Supervised Suffering. Oh. <laughs>
what's interesting is Supervised Suffering, we tracked it, we did about, we did like four takes to a click. And then we did, and then we were like, okay, now let's run one without the click. Right? Oh, the yeah. The one without the click. And then we were like, oh, the one without the click's the one. No, we did, we did, yeah, we did four, at least four takes. And it was like subdued, subdued, like watching him, like he was fighting himself and he was like, God, ah, it didn't feel right. And then we did, I was playing direct into his headphones. And then we did one where. I mean, they were, they were fine takes, but, but I fit. Yeah. It was like he had chains on doing it to a click and then the chains came off and he and it was the the mm. take like it had all the fierce yeah. like and i like the ebb and flow of it i wouldn't change it for anything i think this is another really great track uh william you sent you sent this to trevor and i last summer along with uh the final track that we'll get to set fire and um, yeah. the two of them just really drew me in and became a fan of assertion right away got me more and more excited looking forward to the release of the entire album and it's when i went through this as a listener from first track through the end you know the two that i had heard first ended up being the last two of the album and as i was listening through the first few tracks i was you know enjoying what i was listening to and i was like oh man these songs are really good too and we still haven't even heard the two that i already thought were good that are that are at the end of it so it was cool for me just to know hey there's already a couple standout tracks and uh, we haven't even got to them yet, and, and I'm liking what I'm hearing so far. So yeah. it's pretty cool, you know, as a, as a listener, having that, you know, first early listen and then to see it all come together here at the end. Yeah. Is it, is it harder to listen to the song when you kind of have a better understanding of what the song is about or no? <laughs> or is it... It is for me. Know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah. It's, 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 I, hard, I, yeah. it's heartbreaking. I mean, it, it's, it's heavier. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. yeah Supervised yeah. suffering still... That that one just kicks me in the nuts every oh, yeah. every six times hearing it, and I'm yeah, just the, like crying the, like a little baby. I think when I first listened to it, I, I was just listening to it for for the musical experience and not really, of course, keyed into the lyrics much. So, yeah. so you know, now now that I know the backstory, obviously, I mean, yeah, it's it's more difficult. But um, sometimes you you kind of you know you have to appreciate that, but you kind of separate that yeah. too. There's a happy ending. There's a happy ending. Listening experience as well. Yeah. For sure, yeah, yeah. To have that personal message to both your kids separately in this song, um, I think that's what did it for me. Again, just being a yeah. new, new dad, but you know, to have you um, talk about—I think it's your daughter first, and then your son, if I have the order right there. But just yeah, to have it each one spoken about separately in this this song—that's that's, that's kind of what hit me the most after knowing what it was about. self-conscious about uh it's ridiculous but like even a picture on my because i have two kids so i'm really self-conscious about them one of them feeling like they're cared about more or paid attention to more this or that like overly self-conscious like to the point where like i have a picture of one of them but i won't put it you know i have the, like this screenshot like what do i have on my phone right now if I have a picture on my phone of them, then it's of them. I never mm -hmm. just have one in case like that one of them. Yeah, yeah I, I totally understand that. Man. So like, I'm like overly like, and I wanted it to be personal and I wanted it to be the songs about them or 
about a travesty we went through. And so I have two yeah. kids, so it's going to have two parts. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. you break down the lyrics, but I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, to, to just to, just a couple of parts to, that stand out, you know, again, as, as a new dad, but I'm similar in the sense that I think I, I think about that word assertion, too. I think that's something that I struggle with or that I feel like I need to make sure that I put a barrier up for at certain times. But the part about, you know, step right in front of me, it's the last thing you ever do. I already feel like I know that I would be that person in, in the right situation, even though that I'm, that's not my natural tendency. Um, so that like just totally wells up in me when you, when you're he, singing that part, I can totally feel that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, when it comes to protecting your children. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the belt bets are off. Yeah. Gloves are off. Gloves are off. Yeah, yeah. this song is about, yeah. like, there's a panel of people that I could, yeah, the song, that those particular parts, I have faces that I see when it gets to that. And, like, I could actually, like, I lose it during this song on stage, like, in every way, like, like I actually, we played it so much before uh, COVID happened that I kind of got numb to it. Like it was like muscle memory and then COVID happened and we didn't play it at all. Like I couldn't even remember how to play it and I never listened to it. I do not want to listen to it. Uh, I was trying to put it behind me and then we started putting this or we recorded it. I mixed it. I didn't touch this one. This was the last, one of the last ones. Set Fire was the last one I mixed because of the same kind of thing, but I have a hard time with this one. Yeah, then we played it. We tried playing it a couple of times and I couldn't make it through it. Yeah, it was hard. Rough. Yeah. So that's we're definitely trying to figure mm, out how to yeah. navigate that because it's like, man, mm. we need to start we need to try to figure out a way to have songs that that we can handle. Yeah, I, I, I honestly I, I appreciate more. seeing that. Like one of the one of the performances I've seen, like I don't even know how old I was. I may have been like twelve. And it was only like a, a, I only remember seeing like a, like maybe 45 seconds of this. And I still don't know what song it was, but it was Chrissy Hine. And like, she was singing whatever song it was. I've tried to find this clip, um, Pretenders. And like, she got to this point, she's just bawling. And I was just like, yeah. oh my God. Mm. And I've always wanted to know like what mm. song I can, I still vividly see it. And I was so impressed and like, so mm. like, wow, taken back by like, she's just there and then i i read a little bit of her um her book and i she comes from there's, there's a lot of trauma and so i really respected that yeah that she was willing to let it out of lines that stood out to me that you probably I mean within this context obviously I, I think we can interpret them but you can also apply them to other situations in life too that idea of keeping the smile on but feeling weighed down you know having to fake a smile or put on a show or try to you know be there for somebody and be genuine about it but in the back of your mind knowing that there's also some negative feelings you know attached to that too and just kind of having to wrestle with that in your head and then also the sunday sunday morning's fake sunrises like i don't know if that's a symbol of sunday morning being a you know a start to a new week and that a sunrise can be like a positive thing but sunday morning was literally the two hours that i got to spend with my kids like it was 
It was oh, wow. that bad. And I, I wow. drove the same way. So I don't, yeah. I don't drive down that road anymore. Like I just don't. There's like a yeah. road I will not go down in, the, in my town. And the yeah. sun, like it was, it was uh, summertime when I was in the middle of it. So the sun would always hit because it was the same time every Sunday. Yeah, it's mm. disgusting. I hated it. Gosh, yeah, yeah. wow. Thank, thanks for sharing. I, I think I had, I had that, I had that backwards. I was thinking in in context of knowing um, about the child custody issue. I, I was thinking maybe Sunday mornings were when you had to, you know, bring them back or that was that was the end of the time and this idea that no it was literally kind of the only time it was literally supervised it was literally supervised that's how bad the court was like that's how bad like so and then when you have all these lies said about you and you actually get supervised and you're treated like a criminal you you're treated like a criminal around your children Mm -hmm. like that you like play in a band with and that you have a really good relationship with you and you're treated like that other people like really stupid people who believe that the court system is just <laughs> those people actually treat you like you're that criminal because the court said so. And because the court can back like attorneys that are corrupt imagine. liars with like backing the, lies with the exception of God damn it, the fucking supervisor herself. No, that lady was amazing. Like they, they treated us really good. Like they, they knew right off the bat. Yeah, they they, they saw out. my kids and I together constantly, like yeah. well, Sunday mornings. So it, luckily, it was... there were some people that had the mind to actually see what reality was. Yeah, but a lot of people, I I, I stopped I'm talking so to quite a few people in my life because they're like, well, what'd you do? You must have done something so, to get yeah, that. Yeah, man. And I was like, wow, you're Jeez, an idiot. Man. You know me, like yeah. you know me well, and wow. you actually like are gonna even think that for a second. Cool. Bye. Yeah. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. And then like feeling like, do I do I defend myself? No, I, sh- I shouldn't have to. Like, why are they even asking me? And just oh, I did. I don't even know. I how I, I, would I, something I like went that. off a few times, and then I realized it's fleeting, pointless garbage. Like, so yeah, right. I just have to. Yeah. Like, I can't do anything about it. I tried. I I did the court yeah, nonsense, man. and like you just we. I just told the kids like, like we can't, you know. Can't do anything about it, so we're just gonna have to cope the best way we can and like ride it through. And it sucked, yeah, really bad. I wouldn't yeah. wish it on anybody. Sorry, if you have kids, and you should never use your kids as pawns. I don't care if you hate the other person or you like anything. Like those kids, mm-hmm. like they're your kids. Yeah. Like Seems never. Like that's common sense to me. It's common you know practice. You know I mean? And then yeah. Washington State yeah. is biased. Yeah. But it's an all too common story you hear. You like know? super biased against fathers. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, crazy. this song is for all those other individuals that are going, I've had, that are being victimized by the same toxicity. I've had and, so many people message me yeah. saying this, like that they've been in the same situation or they're like in it right now or like, like, thanks for that because like exactly what I wanted. I wanted just somebody to feel like they're not alone. Mm-hmm. And this is a brutal song. I, can't, I took the kids and I went to... Uh, Cape Disappointment, and we went up the coast a few days ago, and we were listening to uh, the podcast um, that Joe Plummer did with William, 
and like all the way through the whole thing was funny it was a really good really good story and then supervised suffering came on and <sighs> i'm like driving with my kids like mm. turning my head to the left and like wiping mm. tears like mm. oh man yeah it's it's yeah. not it's hard to listen to yeah well as difficult as a, a song uh this is you know lyrically i I want to want to finish by saying I really like the part around 3:40, where the music slows down a little bit, and those lyrics, man, they're beautiful. Calm down, my my baby girl, I'm here, and wipe the tears from your beautiful big brown eyes. No one's gonna mm-hmm. keep you away from me. You know, like if there's any silver lining from that, it it probably just showed you how much you love your children and want to be with them, and you'll do anything for them. You know, having that time limited it reinforces it even more probably sure uh, yeah just to have something you love so much like time rationed out to you so yeah no parent should ever go through that yeah no on a brighter note the harmonies that he came up with for that part totally blew me away like i was like thanks dad yeah justin's father has been very (laughs) he's very brilliant musically and kind gentleman himself yes so oh. and he's always pushing justin to uh to try to do some harmonies i'm like yeah dude yeah <laughs> fucking harmonies are great i'm like it's already vulnerable enough yeah and i'm you know justin's like no i don't i i don't i don't know how to harmonize i'm like okay and then he sends me this and he goes what about this i'm like uh yeah that's good that's a good one that's good <laughs> so those harmonies were influenced your, your dad yes. convinced you to do that part yeah they're like William and my dad are pushing me musically quite often. Like, try this, try that, try this. Just a harmonies, bro. (laughs) That's great. Well, I think we're, yeah, ready to move on to the last song of the album. Why don't uh, one of you guys introduce track number nine? Set Fire? Yes, sir. Yeah, it's a more light-hearted number. That's right. (laughs) Let's go for it. (laughs) Track nine is Set Fire. songs that Justin played for me and I literally I literally sat over there and was just completely floored I was totally floored I was just like my god I was like and I was just like man sure would be cool if he would be into like bringing this dimension this aspect of himself musically to to assertion but oh well it's okay (laughs) and uh but then that's when just that's when I was like, you know, what are you gonna do with this? And he was like, well, he's like, I don't know. Do you want to maybe try to do something with it? And I was like, yes, yes, I do want to do that very much, <laughs> like a lot. So yeah, I mean, it's just it's an amazing song, you know. And uh, that's that's all I have to this say. This was about, just you know? it was me um, sitting at home tinkering and trying to like mess with textures and painting with notes, basically. Yeah, I'll go sit in my studio and turn the lights off and make weird noises yeah. and this was one of them and i didn't really like it It wasn't finished and i didn't I hated the vocals and so i was like reluctant to mm. show anybody i only i didn't really show anybody else that song actually maybe a few people man like i i can't believe this song almost never happened like that's just crazy to me hearing hearing you say that it took <laughs> it took you showing it to william and him him like kind of 
saying like, dude, we got to, we got to do something with this for it to become a reality. Like I, I think it showcases all three of your talents, maybe as good as any song on this, on this album, like the, the bass guitar, Brian on the opening is, is really great. And, and William, uh, you do an amazing job on the drums where, where it slows down, uh, halfway through the song that, that three thirty mark, mm. like the pace is just awesome. It's like just a little bit slower than I would expect mm-hmm. it to be for whatever reason, but like it was perfect. It was like, it, it needed to be just a notch yes. slower and that sounded awesome. And then Justin, I know it sounds like you're a little, maybe, I don't know, critical of yourself if that's the right word for the vocals but i i thought i thought they were outstanding like i thought your voice almost sounded like an instrument on this one especially like how you're holding those words the end 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 of the words like that higher pitch like when you say set fire and flip to falsetto like that was that was awesome i really like that Thank you. Also the, yeah, the kids yeah. sing on that too. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, Dal- yeah, yeah. That was another added touch. Yeah. Yeah. The kids in the background. Dahlia yeah. is uh, yeah. sings the the falsetto part with me, and then Lucian's mm-hmm. Lucian's is one of my favorite parts because he says, oh, "What's the lyric?" Um, uh, well, he says, uh, "Burn this thing this on thing down," and then it, I put this like echo trail, and it bounces back. I made it pan like ping pong back and forth while it faded. Yeah, and yeah. His Pick part. Up on that. And then we added, I, I did a bunch of weird, like vocal pitch shifter stuff in there. So you just like, bro, bro. there's yeah, like a yeah. weirdest stuff mm-hmm. in that song. My favorite is yeah, the yeah. ending though. Cause William was out here wandering, like <laughs> he, was, he, was, he went to go take a leak outside <laughs> and the neighbors, <laughs> the neighbors, uh, were well, like, so there, there's this Airbnb house through the woods of like through the trees here. So there were some people that had rented that whatever house or whatever for God, you know. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and so it was a whole group of them and they had like a fire outside and it was like midnight and they were all singing really loud, like and all together. And so I took my phone out and recorded it and that's what that is on the That end. ending is them. You can hear crickets oh, and whatnot. Really? Wow. Yeah, and I pitch shifted it yeah. to be in the key of the song and then brought it in and like <laughs> it felt like the perfect ending. We I sent it to him as a joke, like, hey, this would be cool in here and then mm-hmm and then sat and tinkered for probably like six hours with all these like delay tales and yeah i love doing that stuff yeah. oh man okay shane i stand corrected he was just texting me today he's like hey what's that yeah, sound at yeah. the end i was like yeah, yeah. oh he that's just something they did in post i don't think that was like an actual sound or anything that's what I was <laughs> so <laughs> no, I, I, I apologize shane that's really cool. I'm glad that story came out. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. in that song. There's lots of ebos and like really, really textural stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Is the theme of that similar to the the line in the prior song about? I forget what the line is in Supervised Suffering about. Justice is broken. You know, basically yeah. about justice is broken. Burn, burn mm-hmm. this down. You know, start over. Is that is that the theme of this song? Yes, sir. Family justice yeah. system. Yeah. Nope. I, I, I say it needs to go. Did I say it? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say it again. 
<laughs> no, yes. But uh, it is, uh, but on the next record, we're going to have some more, like Brian has a bass line that goes do, 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 <laughs> So we have a lot more upbeat stuff. You guys will, the, this, that, the, the next record, it sort has of. a lot that, that, that it's all over the place. We're really yeah. excited. We're, but, we're we're in it, so we keep we keep bringing it up. Yeah, sorry. sorry. Yeah, but 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 we're just saying that the the next inter, intermission is kind of an uppercut, and then basking in the gaslight is like a right hook. But it's like uh, they're they're sort of married to each other. You know, they kind of go into each other. But it's a hope more hopeful. There's some more hopeful notes. It feels less dark, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Which I think good. we got a lot of that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, well, Hopefully. I mean, dude, 2020, I think was a dark time for mm -hmm. a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. Definitely. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. good, good time. You know, so it was a snapshot of that, and yeah, and you know, that's we're all about just sort of the documentation of the human experience. That's what yeah, we do. for sure. I, I think it's a very well constructed album from from start to finish. Even more so, feel that way having the stories uh, told by you guys, knowing a little bit more of the detail with some of the songs. Trevor and I like to figure out if albums were were supposed to be concept uh, in nature when we're when we're dissecting different songs and why the order of the song uh, on the album was that way. And you know, you guys have been grateful to share a lot of that uh, with us. And it really makes sense if you look at it from start to finish, you can see how a lot of the experiences from the past and childhood kind of intermix with some of the other events that have unfolded throughout your lives and and how some of the side stories all intertwine with that as well. And yeah, you know, I just, I, I really appreciate it even more now that I know all that information. So thanks again. Yeah, I think there's elements of this of the record that are, have sort of like underlying themes that we don't even know about yet. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. There's so mm. many layers to it mm -hmm. that we don't even. Yeah, take some time to digest. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I often find out like a couple months, couple weeks, couple months. I rarely deliberately write about one thing. It's kind of just the lyrics come really fast. I write them down. I don't think about them. I'm more. I'm very melody driven, so I'm concentrate mm -hmm. on. We kind of both are in that realm. We'll like hum something like, "Oh, this would be the melody," and then fill the syllables in or whatever, and then mm -hmm. it might make a yeah, sentence, yeah. and then yeah, all of a sudden, it, then it makes so much sense that it's yeah, ha it's haunting. Yeah, it's like goosebumps. Like, oh man, mm -hmm. like this is totally about this. Duh. Yeah, and it's like some crazy thing that yeah. just happened or or is happening or something. Yeah, it's from your subconscious. Yeah, yeah, and and. The the songs span such a long period of time that, yeah. you know, in a way you can't, you can't know for sure who you were and, and where you were at, what you were thinking at the time. It's almost like seeing a journal from, from somebody or seeing your own journal yeah. that you've kept for 10 or 20 years. And you look back at some entry from 2012 or you look at, at a Facebook post or something and you're like, was that really me? Did I say that? Did I talk like that? Totally. Or, you know... That's why that Sunny Day record was called Diary. Oh, cool. Is that <laughs> Actually, why it was called Diary? Wow, I never yeah. knew. That's why. Yeah. We... Okay. Yeah. 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 Yes. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. When we were going to do this release and John told us Supervised Suffering was going to be the first single. <laughs> and then he told us that it was going to be on Rolling Stone. Like I was near panic attack. Like yeah. I didn't talk to anybody for a few days and I was just like, I I told my dad, I was like, I don't even want to do this. This sucks. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't I was like, it well. I, but mm -hmm. I said what you wow. said. I was like, it's like, it's like somebody reading your diary. But in this, in this sense, to me, it was like somebody handing out my diary on in Times Square while I'm standing in the middle naked. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. felt like. Because <laughs> it's such yeah. a personal, what a, yeah, what terrible, a yeah. like, Man. song. And like, and like, so close. Hmm. I complained about it to probably too many people and probably sounded like I was 
not appreciative that this was even happening or whatever. And we were getting like, you know, I mean, he got it in Rolling Stones for God's sake. So like, yeah, that's yeah. impressive, you know, but it, it was nerve wracking. And then, and then the, the response was like, um, not what I expected. People can be just like deliberate, mean and trolling. And then we got none of that. We got what I was hoping for. We got a lot of people that were like, man, I, this really helped me. And that, yeah. that was crazy and awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What a cool experience. Yeah. You know, I think you try to write something true and, you know, whether or not somebody likes the sound or if it's something that speaks to them that way, that's everybody's taste and everybody's going to be different. But I think truth is universal. I, I think people hear this music and they know it's authentic and it, it's coming from a, a place that they can relate to, even if it's a different experience they've had. So I think that's the part that people appreciate yeah. no matter what. And I really appreciate you taking the time to share this with us. This has been great. You certainly can't fake that level of humanity. No, mm. you can't. You can't. I don't ever want to be the band that puts out a song that like was that we're not all in because what's I don't, the point? I don't yeah. think that I don't think we're going to run into that problem. Yeah, I don't think you guys have the makeup for that. (laughs) (laughs) We've taken up a lot of your time, and uh, we just want to say once again, thank you so much. We're really excited about the album. We're really looking forward to the next one. It's amazing to say that right after this one's been released, but we're looking forward to that too. You guys have been awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right. Well, until next time, everybody, go listen to a great album. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks. It was a good conversation. Appreciate it. If you're enjoying listening to Album Divers, you can support our podcast by subscribing, reviewing, and sharing it with someone else that appreciates great music. Follow and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Album Divers. We'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback about our take on an album that you already loved or had never heard before. Do you have an album you want us to dive into? Email us at albumdiverspodcast at gmail.com and we'll consider adding it to our queue for a future episode. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you never stop discovering music that moves you to dive deeper. Until next time.